Hello and welcome. My name is Timp. I'm Axiom. And I'm Herfy Durfee. And this is Go Mode, a Link to the Past randomizer podcast. Well, fellas, here we are. We finally made it. Yep. We're just about ready to save Hyrule. Unfortunately, there are a few obstacles in our way, and we are going to deal with those obstacles today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are the obstacles, though? We, uh, we, we got the big key. You know, you just put that in, and then you're right at the, uh, right at Ganon. I don't, I don't get it. Oh, sweet Axial. If only. <laughs> if only it were so easy, as you say. No, friend, we have a bit of a climb on our hands, and, uh, some, some baddies from our past coming back from the grave to exact their revenge on us. But... Do not fear, because with our help, we we will help you get through it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll we'll make it to the top. I hope so. Yeah. I uh, I kind of want to see what the all this Ganon chat is about. I mean, you know, we just got one boss left. The big pig. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll 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 get to him. So uh, we're we're gonna get there. We've got a few things to handle before we. Uh, take that climb and, and take out those adversaries. Um, in terms of news, we were talking a little bit before we recorded. Um, it's been kind of quiet. Yeah, there's not, a, not really been a lot of stuff going on. I mean, all the community-run tournaments are running still. I, I haven't personally really followed any, to be honest, to my shame maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, so far I haven't heard anything amazing. No great upsets, no drama, nothing too awful so far. Yeah, and you know, typically, sometimes, even when one of the three of us does miss something, uh, somebody will, you know, pop a link in the Go Mode Discord. And even there, I mean, there have, haven't been, you know, too many things dropped in. So, kind of quiet. I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I know, personally, I've been uh, taking this opportunity to kind of expand uh, the, the way that I'm interacting with Rando. Um, up to and including, I, uh, for the first time, tried out uh, SMZ3Art. I uh, gave Ooh. that a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave that a go last night. Um, for the first time, streamed it. Had had some folks drop by and check it out, which was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Uh, it, I would highly recommend it. Um, for those of you who uh, are not familiar, SMZ3R, um, that stands for Super Metroid Zelda 3 Randomizer. So it's taking a Link to the Past rando that we're all very familiar with um, as, as uh, listeners of, to this podcast. But it, then it combines that with Super Metroid randomized as well. Oh, um, God. Yeah, to the extent where, you know, you could be in Norfair and uh, come across what's normally a, a missile cache and open it up and find the Red Cane from A Link to the Past. And you are kind of navigating between both of these classic SNES games, Super Metroid and Link to the Past, to find all of the items needed to beat both games. Uh, to defeat Mother Brain in Super Metroid, and to uh, kill Ganon in A Link to the Past. Um, so I played for about two and a half hours last night. Um, I Right when I ended, I had just picked up the Titan's Mitts, and I had just picked up the Morph Ball ability. And, um, you know, Hammer opens up a whole bunch of stuff you can do in A Link to the Past. And from what I can understand, having Morph Ball opens up Super Metroid a great deal as well. So... Um, you know, probably we'll dive back in a little bit later on today and, and pick up where I left off. But uh, I just wanted to say, if anyone has considered checking that out, um, 
I definitely would recommend it. Um, yeah. How are so. your uh, your Super Metroid speedrun skills, Temp? <laughs> um, almost non-existent would, would probably be how I would answer that question. Yeah, um, I've been yeah. I've been meaning to try one of these for a while now, but I I just. I've played Super Metroid a bunch, and I really enjoy the game, but I feel like I just don't know enough about it to really get through it, especially not randomized. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I love Super Metroid, but uh, as <clears throat> the the long-ago annals of internet history have shown, I'm very bad at it. So, <laughs> I, I would like you to actually talk a little bit about this, because it's something I've wondered. Apparently there's like a... An LP that you did that uh, has yep. some sort of internet notoriety. Can you talk about so that this a little was, bit, please? So yeah, so gather around, boys and girls, for, uh, <laughs> for Grandpa Axial's old time internet uh, shame. Well, not really shame, but uh, you know. So this was twelve years ago, thirteen years ago, but it was right when video LPs were getting started, and uh, <clears throat> I think. Slow Beef had done a, uh, like, one of the very first video LPs that was done of Super Metroid, and it was really popular, and I liked it, and I said, oh, I like Super Metroid, but I can't do that, because this guy just did it and did a really good job of it. What could I do? And at the time, uh, you know, ROM hacks were starting to become kind of a, a thing that people were interested in. There were, you know, people doing, uh, again, very, very early video LPs. We're talking very bare-bones kind of stuff of, you know, the Parallel Worlds ROM hack for Link to the Past, of, you know, the very first, like, Kaizo ROM hacks were, uh, I don't even know if they were, I think it was, yeah, Kaizo World was already out Kaizo, of Kaizo, Mario. These, yeah. these are very difficult Super Mario World hacks, uh, commonly referred to as Kaizo. Yeah. Um, named after, like, the hidden Kaizo blocks that uh, litter the, the landscape. Yeah, so these had all come out, so I was like, well, I, I hear there's a a Super Metroid one of these called uh, Super Metroid Redesign, and I, I kind of looked at it, and it seemed like it was still, you know, completable by humans. So I very foolishly was like, I'm going to blind, El you know, let's play this. And uh, it it was basically just a, a constant comedy of errors of me having, you know, technical difficulties, and because, you know, there was no Twitch at the time or anything like that, the stream just had to... There was no stream. The video just went up, and uh, with all the errors intact, uh, I would get lost all the time. I would die constantly. There was a a whole bunch of uh, memes. I guess they were memes made about how I couldn't wall jump. Uh, oh. it, it, I mean, it was it was pretty funny. But by about halfway through, the the actual developer of it came in and and did kind of guest commentary along with uh, my my co commentators and. Uh, you know, I ended up making it all the way through, and uh, very painfully, and he kind of went, huh, wow, this game was a lot harder than I thought. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I've played a lot of Super Metroid, but uh, okay, let me let me think about changing it up a bit. And then, this must have been like, four or five, three or four years ago, maybe five years ago, uh -huh. I get like a random email from him that says, hey, hope you're doing okay, I, uh, I finally have updated... Uh, Super Metroid redesigned to kind of be more friendly to newer players. I'm actually naming it after you and calling it Axial Edition, but I'd love you to to kind of check out the beta version. And so I, you know, played through it a little bit. I went, wow, this is, you know, this is great. You made a lot of improvements. I can really tell you put a lot of work into it, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. And then 
he actually released, he, you know, he released it, released it, and uh, <clears throat> a couple of years back, I, uh, I did a full playthrough of it and left a review because there's a whole you know, Super Metroid ROM hacking community, uh-huh. and uh, they, they, you know, can leave reviews and stuff. And I, I said, hey, this is this is me, I, you know, the guy this this ended up getting named after, and this is fantastic, you know, really, this is what everybody making ROM hack should strive for. It's challenging, but you know, a lot more fair and I said a lot of you know nice things about it, and so if you are a uh, both a link to the past uh, you know speedrun randomizer fan and also a Super Metroid fan, go check out Super Metroid random or uh, Super Metroid redesign. I'm I'm waiting for the randomized version of that. That would be a real real <laughs> challenge. <laughs> so I can't believe how long I've known you and how long we've been doing this show, and I did not know any of that. So thank you for sharing that. I, I had no idea. I've, I've heard of Axial Edition through you. I, I'd never been exposed to it be, you know, before. Um, but now that I know what it is, and it's you know a, a modified version of Super Metroid, I'm way into it. And uh, we'll put a link in the description <laughs> to that. So Yeah, no, it's, it's very... It's really cool. Yeah, it's really well made. Um, I would say, you know, you kind of think about how big the Super Metroid map is. The Super Metroid redesign map, like Brinstar alone is the size of the entire vanilla super metroid map it's enormous um there's all kinds of different challenges in there um you know they completely completely changes the physics uh it's it's really you know if you if you like super metroid and you want to try something different uh give it a shot you might need to look up some uh you know some maps to to help you out at some point because there are some trickier parts but uh try not to because it will ruin the fun for you but yeah so that's my uh my pitch for uh super metroid redesign on the uh go mode you know link to the past randomizer <laughs> podcast <laughs> yeah it's it's all uh randomized nostalgia re- redesigned randomized nostalgia it all it all fits it's all good um i did want to say shout outs to uh emo tracker um very conveniently already had it downloaded and uh got the idea to go in and check and see like oh you know i know this tracks a bunch of games can it also be an smz3r tracker and turns out very easily it can be there's somebody who's um you know basically written a package that when you load that up and install that um worked really well you know i had a tracker for both games and it listed all the items uh i experienced a little bit of a glitch where like the overlay of the buttons themselves weren't actually on the right place on the links of the past map so it could have been just me and resizing the window in a weird way but just having that you know offhand so easily was super convenient so um and i would not recommend trying to do this without a tracker for yeah. sure i uh I, I the the couple of times i've debated trying to do super metroid randomizer i'm like well there is always emo tracker so i would at least know what is available and what isn't because that's the biggest challenge to me is Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that and some of the speed tech in Super Metroid, I think, is a little more, you know, dexterous to pull off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I worry about my ability to pull that off successfully. Yeah. So I was um, I was very worried about that too. I'm I'm also terrible at speed at uh, wall jumps, but uh, there were a few times where it was like, okay, you're soft locked unless you wall jump out of here, and I mean, probably about like thirty seconds of, of attempts, I would I'd get out. You know, it's it's not as, as hard as I remember. It certainly as when I was a kid trying to do it, um, mm-hmm. which I would spend literal hours trying to get out of that stupid shaft with those uh, animals that are like trying to show you how to do it, but it's not the same. Anyway, um, 
But and I also have to give one more shout out to uh, uh, Cassidy Moen, who um, you know I put a ping out on our, our Discord that I was going to play, and uh, they came and, and joined me and very very helpfully provided some chat commentary and helped me to find some uh, item locations in Super Metroid that I, I otherwise never would have known about um, and probably wouldn't have been able to continue playing. Um, I found a really random uh, missile cache that I totally forgot about in Super Metroid that I had to have Ice Beam for. Um, and it was the flippers and there's, I would have been locked in link to the past if I hadn't found that there's no way I would have found that without Cassidy. So, um, shout outs to them. And, uh, if you can play the game along with someone who's played it before, if you have that luxury, I would definitely recommend playing it that mm -hmm. way. Cause it was, it was very, uh, very helpful. So Temp, you, uh, you might have to share this, uh, this seed with Herf and I, we can compare times and, and laugh at how bad we are at the uh, Super Metroid <laughs> part of it. All right. Well, I mean, I, you'll you'll even have that spoiler up on me, which, to be fair, I did get it spoiled, sort of, from Cassidy, um, about the uh, flippers being somewhere in Super Metroid World. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll share it with you, and uh, I would love for you guys to play it and, and see how it goes. Um, you guys have anything else? Anything else you want to talk about before we before we get this thing done? I guess the only thing that kind of is related in a weird way is. Um... I don't know if you guys heard, but a while ago, uh, I think it was from GameStop or something, there were some leaks of new Switch games that might be coming. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. one of them is apparently A Link to the Past. Uh, nobody really knows if it's like a, you know, eShop kind of play the original A Link to the Past on your Switch kind of deal, or maybe it's like Link's Awakening and it's a remaster, sort of. Remaster, yeah. Mm. That so, would be, uh, maybe it, it has Rando built in. <laughs> this is what this is what they've been working on in secret and in secret. told us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I um I occasionally listen to a Warp World podcast and uh on uh, it's one of the hosts there is uh, a streamer named Graham Pooh Bear. And uh Oh, one of the, he's yeah, Pooh's great. Oh yeah, yeah, love love Graham Pooh Bear. Um one of the things that he is talking about wanting is an official a link to the past randomizer put out by Nintendo. Is that something that you guys would want? Because I like Grand Pooh Bear, but I don't know if that would be a good thing at all. Yeah, I'm not really I, sure. I don't why. know. I, I would want it to be from the people who have actually made, you know, Rando what it is, because they, I think, kind of have their finger on the pulse of what works and what doesn't. Right. And traditionally, when Nintendo, you know, takes over a project like this, they've got that whole... Uh, you know, monkey's paw thing where it's like it's almost perfect but like one thing kind of fundamentally ruins it mm -hmm. and i would definitely be afraid of them getting their hands on randomizer which we you know the developers and we have as a community have really distilled into like such an awesome product you know i, I <clears throat> one of the things that i think about when i think about this is thinking about am2r which is short for another metroid 2 remake which was a fan remake of metroid 2 that somebody put out and it was great but it almost immediately got dmca'd because unbeknownst to everyone nintendo was working on their own metroid 2 remake uh that ended up being uh samus returns for mm -hmm. the 3ds and they both were great games but you could see there were a lot of differences and i think am2r ended up being the better of the two yeah which i have you know that almost feels like kind of a um like a exception to the rule that was one time where i feel like nintendo kind of came through with you know they stopped the project and they came out with something that was you know pretty much ju just as good if not better than than the the rom hack was but i don't know there's so many 
small details that make up Rando. I just don't trust that they would bring all of those along and or improve on every single one, you know? Yeah, I also, I, I just don't see why, really. Like, what's his reasoning? Why yeah. why does he want it officially from Nintendo as opposed to how we can get it right now? Like, what would, what would make it better or how would it be better? I guess just, like, endorsement, you know, the exposure that, that you know, yeah. that, that Rando would get, I guess, you know, it would be more wide, widespread, kind of mainstream, I, I, uh, which yeah. I guess is good, but I don't know. I suppose yeah. so, but what like how does it how does that benefit him or anyone really? Like I guess the community would grow, but since we wouldn't really have anything to do with it anymore, so to speak, like the devs or the community in itself, like we probably wouldn't have any input anymore. Like all yeah. the sprite makers, we probably couldn't be making sprites oh, right. for it. And we probably couldn't be making different modes like Entrance Rando or Key Sanity or whatever. You know, so yeah. everything's like not in our control anymore. So I, I don't, I just don't see why. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting to think about though, and and yeah, uh, we'll we'll try to find some sort of link to a uh, article talking about this leak if if we can find it. Um, interesting find, very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, okay, guys, are we ready? Are we ready to do this? Yeah. I'm ready. All right, let's climb. Ganon's Tower Part 2. So, for those of us, uh, for those of you who were listening last time, you know that we went through Ganon's Tower already. We talked about how to get there, the items needed, uh, you know, both in Ganon's Tower and to get to Ganon's Tower. Um, And uh, we're going to assume that we've found that big key and that we otherwise are in go mode. You've got your bow, you've got um, your hookshot, You've got your fire rod, although we'll talk about alternate strats for that. Um, we're It's time to do part two, which is going to be the Ganon's Tower climb. So after you get your big key from the big key hunt, you're going to mirror to the beginning of the dungeon. And now it is time to take that door straight um, up the little staircase there uh, and ascend the tower and head towards the final boss and eventually take on Ganon. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, now, the first thing that I want to say is right when we get started here from the very, well, I guess the second room that we're going to encounter in this climb, uh, arrows are going to be needed. It's it's bow locked and you're going to need a certain amount of arrows to be able to get through. So before you begin this climb, um, you know, you've got your big key, you've got that small key. Don't forget about that. Mm-hmm. You're going to need at least four arrows, if not more, um, depending on the situation. So... Real quick, before we actually start this, what are some ways that we can make sure that we've got some arrows uh, before we start this uh, ascension? I mean, there's various ways that are kind of RNG dependent. If you <clears throat> if you absolutely have to, you can see if maybe you're lucky and your stun prize pack might be an arrow drop from the enemies, or if they just randomly have an arrow drop in their prize pack. Uh, you can leave if you have to and start digging if you have to shovel in front of Ganon's Tower. We've all seen that somewhere in a race. Yes. I was going to mention, I mean, that has saved my bacon. That was my, my fault, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that has saved me a couple times. Yeah. Just going outside and pulling out that shovel and getting a really lucky, you know, five arrow drop and being able to continue. Sometimes you just have no choice. Sometimes you got to go out the door and just dig around in the front yard a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, now in Ganon's tower, I'm just looking at a map of, you know, kind of the big key, uh, area tiles, you know, what we've done before. And 
um, for what it's worth, in uh, in Ganon's uh, unfinished rec room that we discussed last time, uh, where Bob lives, there is one skull with a five arrow drop there. Um, it's pretty deep into Ganon's tower. Uh, I would hate for, to, for you to have to go all the way back that way. Um, there is another one in the room right before it, actually. Now I see um, with the invisible floor one of the the, the southern skull there um apparently has some arrows there so you could maybe try to backtrack and, and grab those if you are desperate mm -hmm. um i also know, it, yeah sorry. go ahead uh, i was just going to say i also want to mention that if you manage to have or if you have enough arrows to get through the first mimic room like the second room that you were talking about right when we mm -hmm. start going up the gauntlet then you're Maybe not perfectly fine, but you're pretty much fine. It's really only a problem if you have absolutely no arrows or can't get through the first mimic room because then you're definitely stuck. Right, yeah, because uh, there is a drop of five arrows that's supposed to be in that room. I have seen that disappear before, and I have to wonder if maybe um, it's not, you know, another situation where you've reached a sprite limit. Maybe if you had to go further into Ganon's Tower, the normal, you know, full left side and right side to get the key, um, for some reason, maybe the, the arrows don't spawn if you do that. Um, I have seen that in a race. It was, it was pretty weird that those arrows weren't there. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So, anyway, I, I hope that you uh, are able to at least have enough arrows to uh, get through this section here. Um, but just a reminder, you are going to have to account for that before you begin this climb. Um, any other thoughts about arrows? I mean, what I what I try to do is, and this is just because I can sometimes freak out and screw up the mimics, is, you know, if you're saying you need four minimum, and again, four would be that you have silvers, otherwise you're going to need eight, because you need two for each mimic. Uh, well, I guess minimum, minimum four, because then you can pick up the five in the next room. But, um... Yeah, I, I have a buffer, I guess, if you're a little nervous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it never hurts to have more arrows, for sure. Yeah, because in that second room, too, there are definitely chances to miss. Um, so we'll we'll cover that. Uh, I guess with that, let's go ahead and begin our climb. So you're going to go uh, through the northern stairs in the main room. That's going to bring you up into a room with some spikes and some pegs and crystals. Uh, there's also an anti-fairy, um, which, you know, if you need some health and you have some magic powder, you might want to consider combining those two. Um, and uh, what you're going to need to do is basically make your way over to the left side of the room, push that block, which is going to open the door at the bottom, and then you can proceed through the door. Uh, pretty much everything in here is a distraction. Uh, you don't need to kill the mimics or anything like that. Um, I typically just kind of take the path of least resistance. I use the skulls to hit the crystals where I need to. Um, anytime you lower any of these pegs, you're walking on the lowered ones in order to not be walking on spikes. But you probably also have a lot of hearts here, and it's not the end of the world if you do walk on spikes a couple times. But just keep in mind, we do have some rooms that are a little tougher coming up, and you don't exactly want your health chime to be going off at, at a point like this. Um, any thoughts about this room? No, I think you pretty much covered it. You can do whatever you want, basically. I usually, if, you, if you're good on health or if you have a lot of safeties, a couple of fairies or maybe a couple of potions, then it doesn't really matter if you walk over the spikes. The iframes that you get from the first spike hit uh, will usually last until you get over to push the block. So you take maybe two or three hits from the spikes 
and you're usually also at least in blue mail at least most of the time mm -hmm. so the spikes yeah. do even less damage so i just i just try to go fast here really that's my only strategy in this room yeah my only concern would be with that and this is what i think sometimes is um if i've got a health situation like i'm not going in here with full health mm -hmm. the gauntlet usually ends up um kicking my butt so i try to you know not damage boost if i know that i'm on blue mail and i only have half of my hearts or god forbid i'm on green mail because i know i'm going to be taking a lot of damage later yeah all right so uh let's let's assume we made it through here you're going to come through another room with some more mimics um you'll start to sense a, a theme here uh and one statue so what the game wants you to do and and um really the fastest thing to do would be if you grab onto the statue here um you can pretty much stay in place while still tricking the mimics into moving the opposite way of whatever way you're moving your d-pad so you know what what you probably want to do is focus on that bottom mimic and make it so that uh, you're basically controlling that and getting it to move up and overlap with the mimic that's higher up so now they're both kind of occupying the same space now you're going to manipulate both of them to walk over to a place where you can more easily shoot them from the side with your arrow over to the right. Once you have them both lined up, uh, you can go ahead and take them out with uh, either two arrow hits each, or if you have silvers, it'll only take one. But they are impervious to all other forms of damage other than the bow and arrows, so um, it's another reason this this uh, is technically considered bow locked coming up here. Mm -hmm. um, now, there are some kind of cool strats people will use occasionally, and, and to be honest, I've never really bothered to look into this one but uh it's sort of a faster way to uh manipulate these mimics into coming up have you guys seen that or, or know know a whole lot about what i'm talking about yeah i mean it involves moving into the room in a very specific pattern and it does save time but i you know thinking again about marginal time saves the biggest time save is just knowing that you can grab the wall and use that to manipulate the mimics location uh, you'll save some time using the movement strat, but you'll, you know, the, basically that should not be the first thing you're trying to learn here because there's other areas that we're going to get to where that time investment and practice will pay off more. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I, I agree that uh, the mimic rooms are probably lower on the priority list if you're a newer player and just trying to learn, but I will say that. If you're a more experienced player, the Ganon's Tower Climb is uh, is a place where you can... There's a lot of time saves to be had in here, a lot of them. Yes. And the strategies can be pretty insane, and I personally haven't looked into any of them, because I'm definitely one of those players where there's more time saves to be had on other stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I have some rooms that are pretty <laughs> optimized. Like, I'm not, I'm not sitting there timing myself against, like, the, you know... The mm -hmm. world record room clears but yeah. you know i'm within a half second to second which that doesn't sound like i'm and i'm actually from the perspective of a whole run that's pretty close but you know for some of these things it's like oh yeah second you're you rank like 280th in the world in that room there mm -hmm. yeah um but it's a good way to practice yeah and, and i hope this show can be helpful for like the 25th to 75th percentile skill level players you know like hopefully there's something in, in there for all of those but if you're listening to this show and going come on give me the speed strats for this room like you're probably better than we are 
<laughs> you yeah, know, probably. Yo, you should tell us the speed stream. Mm-hmm, yeah, you should be exactly. telling. You should start. You should start a podcast. Like, I'll like my to favorite. You. Well, my not my favorite. One of my favorite anecdotes about myself climbing GT is I didn't even realize that you could grab the wall to manipulate the mimics, and so I did some very unoptimized, crazy movement strats, and then finally I was. I don't know who I was watching. I, maybe it was you. No, I don't think it was you, Tim. I think it was. Who was it? I don't. I who knows? Doesn't matter. Yeah. And then I saw them do that. I was like, "Wait, what? How does that work? <laughs> Have I been doing this wrong the whole time? Because it would take me like thirty seconds to clear this room, because I would like walk around in circles." Yeah, yeah. It's it's just one of those things you just don't know until you you know see somebody do it or hear somebody talk. Yeah, about and it just to you know to be clear to our listeners as well, this is the same strategy that you can also use in uh, Mimic Cave, obviously. Which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can manipulate, uh, you can manipulate uh, mimics if you hold onto walls, but what a lot of people don't realize is you have to grab the wall without touching your D-pad. Because a lot of people, you know, push against the wall with their D-pad, so they walk against it and then press A to grab it, and then after that, you won't be able to control the mimics. So, yeah. you have to walk next to the wall, press A while your D-pad is in neutral, and then afterwards, if you press your D-pad, you'll be able to control the mimics without moving yourself. Yeah. And I believe, isn't this control the mimics while grabbing a wall a, uh, a Japanese 1.0 bug? I'm not sure it about that, feels to be like, feels like it. Feels it like could it be. Yeah, it feels, sure. it feels like the game is not realizing that you're grabbing the wall. Because, again, the mimics are supposed to move in the opposite direction of your D-pad. But yeah. it kind of trivializes it if you can just grab a wall and then use that to move them around. Mm-hmm. Now, you can... So, and I, when I actually mentioned, you know, the first part of this room when we first started talking about it... If you grab the statue, it works perfectly, and that—that's the way the game wants you to do it. It's faster to grab the wall, you know, like you're saying. But if you were to just walk in and use the statue, it would—it would work, you know, just mm-hmm. totally normal. And I think oh. that's the intended solution. I did not even realize that that was the point of the statue. Yeah, yeah. So, but the wall is faster, obviously, and uh, you know, good, good, good looking out from her for the the D pad thing for sure. Yeah, yeah, the thing- that's a good tip. The, the thing with the statue as well is that you'll start moving it around when you go left or right, which isn't really a huge problem, but you know, every kind of movement causes a little bit of lag and stuff, so it all ties together. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, and, and like I said, I would recommend, uh, basically the way you want to take these mimics out is like if you're at the top left and they're at the bottom right, you want to uh, look right fire an arrow and then start walking down so while you're firing the arrow you're holding down and they're getting ready to walk into the path of your arrow once you have them there don't move don't look or anything or else you might trigger them and they're going to fire at you just shoot two to four arrows depending on however many you need until they're all dead and then the door will open so oh and another thing if you have the riot shield you can just stare right at them and uh your their fireballs will harmlessly plink off of your uh your mirror shield so yeah, it can definitely save you a second or two in here sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, so then we walk in the next room, and we have pretty much more of the same thing. Uh, what a lot of people will do is charge up a spin slash here so that they are facing right and can uh, look at the mimics without the mimics seeing them. Um, that way you can just you know score some pretty clean hits off of them by basically strafing up to get the first one and then strafing, strafing down to get the second one. Um, of course, obviously be careful of these Bemos, and the second skull, if you're running low on arrows, um, might literally be your savior to help you get through this, because that, it, that does have five, uh, arrows under it, 
Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Tim, just a little correction on that. It's actually, you want to probably hit the bottom one first and then the top one, because the bottom one will run into those, uh, those skull blocks that you can pick up, and you can hit the one and then move up and hit the second one. And if you do it fast enough, you don't even have to worry about the Beamos lasers. But if you go up then down, I think as you go back up, the Beamos, one of them will be able to target you. Oh, cool. I've got to try that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Thanks. Thank you. Cool. Any other thoughts on this room? We've talked a lot about mimics in general. Yeah, this this yeah. is the easier room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I agree. So. Cool. Okay. All right. So uh, once they're both dead, we'll make our way north. Uh, this is where you're going to need that big key. But as we've said before, you shouldn't even be coming up here unless you got the big key. So you're going to bust through there. Um, now we've got a room with some uh, some invisible sections that are under this ledge here. Uh, essentially what you're going to want to do is um, dash all the way up t- uh, on the top, on the top ledge, um, until you get to the point where you can't go any further and still jump off. Jump off there, hit the crystal switch, go in between these two Igors uh, and activate a switch under his skull. Make your way back, being careful to avoid these spikes. Uh, go up the stairs, back up to the north of the room on the right side, and that's the door that you're going through. So, mm-hmm. any uh, any tips for this, or are we are we going rocking right along? Uh, the only thing I want to mention real quick is the room after the second mimic room where you need the big key with the two Ganon statues in there. It's one of yeah. the few rooms in the whole game where if you enter it and you have the boots and you don't press anything, you just wait for the screen transition to finish it and you dash right from where you are, you'll automatically key dash through the big key door. That's right. It does do that, doesn't yep. it? Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't realize that was unique to this room. I thought I was just, like, getting really lucky with my inputs. Nope. You're just... Wow. That's one of the two rooms. The other one is in uh, in uh, Thieves' Town. Interesting. When you uh, go... When you come from the right towards the big chest room, uh, where the conveyor belts are, if you dash yeah. from the door on the right over the conveyor belts to the left, you'll also always get a key dash huh that's cool it's a Mm -hmm. good thing to know um okay uh so you get through that room and then the igor room um not a lot to say really just you know i I think it's if if you have a lot of health just like just run through this and if you damage boost through here it's like not the end of the world and probably faster that way if you're low on health probably want to take it a little slower and make sure that you aren't taking a lot of damage I don't think there's a whole lot else to say other than that. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is with the crystal switches, if you time it right, you might be able to get the spikes trapped behind the blocks again, but don't kind of... It's better to just move through them than to wait and try to time it because then you could end up with one of them inside the blocks and that's going to be a nightmare to That's like going to definitely hit you. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen anyone do that. uh, As we've said before, there's like speed strats for pretty much... All of these rooms, like literally every single room in this Ganon's Tower yep. Climb has some sort of speed strat that, you know, we're probably not going to go into because they're very in-depth. They make you go through all these rooms very fast. And where we know them and where they're, like, feasible for the average Randall player, I would say, we'll probably talk about them. But usually you just try to get through these as fast as you can. Yeah, and yeah. if people are interested, there is a website, and I will need to kind of search again to find it but it literally has like the record time for each of these rooms and a little like you know gif of someone going through it so you can see like okay this is literally the fastest 
that you can get through this room. It's almost like an an IL of the, uh, you know, a very very sm- short IL. Oh, is cool. this is this where the first contention in the Gomo podcast happens? Is it GIF or is it GIF? It's definitely oh, GIF. Oh no! It's a GIF. How I dare you say GIF? <laughs> oh boy. I have no horse in this fight. <laughs> yeah. But but I actually I did use that to learn the optimal strategy for some of the rooms we'll get to in a bit that I'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Well that's really cool. I actually didn't know about that. Um we'll definitely put a, a link in the description. Hopefully you can find that. We can, yeah. we can share uh, that. I'll go Google like, check that out myself. Find it again. But it's cool, cool. it's pretty extensive. Alright, and I, I think it is Jif. <laughs> no, that's sure. the peanut butter. Oh, okay. Anyway, we don't have time for this. We definitely don't have time for this. We <laughs> yeah, let's, move let's move on to the cannonball room. And guess what? Don't at me, because I don't care how you pronounce it. Get out of, <laughs> get out of my feed with that garbo. Uh, okay, cool. So we made it through this Igor room, and now um, it's a long platform with no barriers and some cannons shooting. This is, I'm quite sure, RNG. No matter how you slice it, right? You you can't predict how these are going to come out. No, yeah, I think they always patterns. go the same pattern when you get in here. And I think oh, really? there's also a way that you can actually dash through here. I believe I've seen Andy do it before. Uh-huh. Uh, you have to get like some crazy pixel where you almost fall off at the top or something like that. Uh, I also know that people do uh, a thing where they will walk in here and fall off the edge so they get the iframes and then yeah. dash through. But that's actually slower than just walking through here, so I don't recommend that. Yeah, I've always wondered. I, I thought that was a kind of clever strat, but if it's not faster, then it's not clever. Yeah. It just looks cool. It, it does look kind of cool. Yeah. And, of course, we do need to mention at the end of this hallway, obviously, uh, this is sort of the opposite of a speed strat, but probably of more interest to more people listening to this podcast, uh, if you are low on health or maybe concerned about your safeties and you have a net uh, and, a, and a free bottle, you can actually dash against these blocks here to bounce over, uh, essentially bonk over this uh, pit here, and you'll see a bombable uh, wall to the south. Mm-hmm. Bomb that, head through, and there's two fairies just kind of chilling in there. So you can up your health, you can catch one and uh, have it as a safety for later. And uh, furthermore, if you uh, pick up the southernmost skull, there's actually a full magic refill under there, too. Um, now, uh, keep in mind, you need to have both the boots and the hookshot to be able to take advantage of this little uh, um, pit stop. Uh, you need the boots to be able to bonk over because there's nowhere to hookshot. And you need the hookshot to get back because there's nowhere to bonk over. Um, so if you meet all of these criteria and you need to pick me up, uh, do keep in mind that's there. Most times you probably are going to skip it. Hopefully you feel comfortable, well enough equipped that you don't want to waste time essentially by going to get those. But knowing they're there could definitely save your life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, let's ascend a bit further. We're going up this uh, set of stairs. And it is going to take us to a series of rooms. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Uh, really about five rooms here in a row. Commonly referred to as... The gauntlet. My least favorite part of this whole class. This sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I, I, I'm not uh, that good at it, but I enjoy it. No. Um, I so, hate it. So this the, is, ugh. yeah. So this is five rooms where the goal, quite simply, is to eliminate all enemies in the room, and once you do so, the door to the next room opens. Simple enough, right? It sounds well, simple. One, yeah. 
until you actually start it because each one has uh, some combination of uh, treacherous landscape. There are a lot of treadmills going various directions. Um, eventually you start to see some Bemos uh, and then they introduce the ice. Um, so, you know, things get a little dicey in there. Um, so, so let's, let's talk through each room, uh, real quick. The first one is going to have, uh, some of those dudes that we first met in Thieves Town, those little dragon guys. Um, they're essentially just kind of, uh, um, they're like a pallet swap of something else that's much, much easier to kill, aren't they? They're, they're uh, like, uh... Mm, I don't think they're a pallet swap. I think they're a unique enemy and I'm trying to, uh, yeah, think what they're called. Zyzaks? Didn't we? Zyzaks. Like Zyzaks. They're called Zyzaks. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. There's blue and red Zyzaks here. Or Zyzaks, um, whatever. Zyzaks, Zyzaks, whatever. Um, and uh, a couple of uh, red Stalfos, the kind that will jump and throw bones at you. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do, uh, this is just me personally, is I'll usually already have the arrows out or the bone arrow out from using it before to take out those mimics. I will just immediately fire off an arrow at this Stalfos that's slightly to the left when you walk in. Um, you know, I, taking them out with projectiles is a lot easier than trying to chase them around with your sword. Um, so I like to do that personally. Um, but, I mean, really, this one, you're just going to be chasing these guys down, trying to murder them all. Um, in general, whenever you're trying to kill these Stalfos, you want to be really close to them when you finally do swing your sword um, so that they don't, you know, run away from you. But uh, any tips for this one? That you guys can mm, think of. No, I think yeah. bow, as you said, or maybe the fire rod can be helpful in here. If you're if you're super like desperate about getting through here fast, I recommend bombos for basically all of the rooms that are coming up. Oh yeah. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good or call. maybe ether or quake, I guess, might work as well. But bombos is probably the most effective. Uh, yeah, and like really, whichever one is fastest is probably mm -hmm. be your best interest to use, which I think is bombos. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. So yeah, this one, you're just chasing them down, murdering them, um, projectiles if you start to get into a tough spot. Uh, but you definitely still want to watch your arrow count. Uh, ultimately we're going to be dealing with Ganon who, uh, hopefully you, you know, if you've got silvers, you need to have some arrows left over for that. So you don't want to deplete them on, you know, a bunch of BS around here, just shooting them off willy nilly. Mm -hmm. Um, just, you know, don't, don't do that necessarily, but um, all right, so wipe them up. Axe, do you have anything? Any final thoughts on this room? I mean, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> hopefully you're coming in here with something a little tougher than a Master Sword because I believe if you have Tempered Sword, everybody goes down in one swing. Yeah, yeah I think pretty so. much. Yeah. Um, so that's what I try to rely on. Um, I'm actually not a fan of firing off the arrows here just because... Uh, we'll get to it in a little bit, but you have a refight against Landmolas, and the arrows are probably more helpful there, and I've actually depleted my arrows between trying to fire them off here in the gauntlet and Landmola, and been in trouble when I got to Ganon. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like I was saying. Just, just you know, if you've got single-digit arrows, probably not a good idea to be using them, but if you've got, like, 30, then you're probably fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool, okay, and then the next room, uh, this is all Stalfos. Uh, fortunately, there are four pots on the ground here, in addition to a Beemos and uh, some, some treadmills ro rolling it around. Um, so, you know, as we know from past experience, when you throw a pot at one of these guys, um, they can't dodge them very good. You'll probably just kill it. 
uh, as long as you don't miss with your throw. So you might want to consider just going on a pot murder spree. Um, but if you pot feel strats. comfortable, pot strats are great. If you feel comfortable getting close and slashing, though, um, you know, by all means. Of course, if you have sword beam at this point, that can be extremely helpful. Uh, if you happen to have full health here, um, mm -hmm. which is, that'd be awesome for you. Um, but yeah, other projectiles, you know, the bow and arrow, again, watch your arrow count. Um, fire rod, as Herf mentioned. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I guess um, pickups-wise, there is a heart in the bottom left pot if you are feeling desperate. Um, there also are some arrows in the bottom right pot. All right. So, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, cool. All right, rolling right along. Gauntlet. Uh, third third mm -hmm. room of the gauntlet. Um, we've got some Zyzaks, three blue Zyzaks, uh, some spikes in the middle there, and uh, treadmills going all around it. Um, left most, uh, top left uh, pot has some arrows for you, so again, you might want to fill up. Um, there's some magic in the bottom left one. So what I typically do when we get into rooms like this that have these circular treadmills is I kind of follow the flow of the treadmill yeah, in between too. two of the Beemos. Yeah, and that kind yeah. of gives you a little bit of a speed boost and helps you chase down these Zyzaks um, and, and murder them a little more quickly. Uh, that's what I recommend. Um, you guys, it sounds like you're, you're in agreement of that, you know, go around the Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's, I mean, with all these rooms, they can go pretty fast if you're lucky with the enemy movement, which is unfortunately a lot of RNG all the way through. Yeah. Um, usually you're just busy trying to chase these guys down, and as fast as you can do it, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. My okay, only so, tip is yeah, don't try to ahead. walk through that middle bit uh, that has the spikes on either side, because you need to be almost perfectly aligned to make it through there. I've made it through, like, once. It's usually just not worth it. Don't even try to go through that. It has literally never even occurred to me to do that. You madman. <laughs> Why would you do that? That's crazy. Because uh, there was one guy that was standing on the exact... Like, I came in at the top. I was able to do a quick slash or two, and there was one on the bottom, like, right on the other side. And so I was like, well, maybe I can dash through... Wow. No, and there—I mean, there's a treadmill right there that's going to throw off your trajectory. Yeah, and so for like, as hard really as it is to get in there for you, uh, these guys have like a tendency to just get stuck between those things, and it's kind of hard to reach them with your sword. Yeah, so sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But dude, that's crazy. That's one, it, one it, block. Yeah, it was one of my dumber decisions in <laughs> speed running. Yeah. Now it, that is a good transition, though, to the next room. Which is, uh, we've got another situation where we've got treadmills going around. Uh, everything that's not treadmill here is either ice or spike, so things are starting to get pretty serious. But the middle of this next room, fortunately, uh, has no spikes. It's just uh, three blocks of ice. So if you have the boots, and I've seen people do this, if you just start a dash immediately and the RNG gods smile upon you, both of these Zyzaks will get in your way and you'll murder both of them and just run to the opposite door and the exit of this room. It's great. Um, so that's great when that happens. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not that lucky, it's still not that bad of a room. There's only two enemies in here, really. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, the, the terrain's very dangerous, but there's only actually two dudes you need to kill. So, um, you know, and, and you've got the treadmills kind of helping you out, giving you a little boost towards them. I would say the less time you can spend on the ice, the better, unless, you know, we're talking about the middle that you're just dashing through. Um, mm -hmm. And, of course, the BMOs are here, so be careful of those guys. Um, any other thoughts on this one? Not really. These rooms are more or less more of the same. They just get progressively harder thanks to the ice and the added conveyor belts. Yeah, exactly. And we're nearly through the gauntlet now. 
Mm -hmm. um, so we're we'll coming into our final room here in the south. Uh, this is completely ice. Uh, there are four skulls near the bottom. Uh, the top two do have hearts. If you need a little help, just look out for that um, that fiery like shine dude that goes around it. Uh, the bottom two have magic also. Um, there is a bunny beam that you can powder in the next room if you need some health. So if you have magic powder and no magic, you might want to grab one of those two magics. I do um, have to say, I feel it's almost never worth it to try to pick up anything from under these four pods because of the ice around them. And once you pick stuff up, it's kind of hard to actually get there. And by the time you finally start moving... You either get a beamos uh, beam up the butt, or you get a little fireball from the fire spitter up the butt. Yeah, that's fair. I, yeah. you know, I, I guess I agree with that. It's I, I don't really go for these either, and it's for the reason you said. Being on mm -hmm. the ice makes it really tough to get these. Yeah, what I try to do at this room is actually I dash into the staffos. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. and then I just pray that the Zizag is being nice and he's down in the bottom right. Yeah, dashing is a huge help in this room because it sort of cancels out all the momentum of the ice mm -hmm. and puts you on a trajectory in, yep. in the direction that you dashed. Um, One little neat speed strat for this room that I know of is um, if you have your fire rod out or if you took your fire rod out in the room before, uh, once you get in here you can fire rod dash to like south from the door and the, your fire rod shot will hit the skulls and thanks to the weird lingering hitbox of the fire rod shot where it hits, It'll kill the Stalfos on the left, and then you can uh, turn to the right just uh, above the skulls and shoot a fire at to the right and kill the Zazak, and then the door will open if everything goes well. That's cool. It's, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a video of it out there somewhere. It's, it's pretty easy to pull off. You just got to re remember to take out your fire rod in advance, because if you go into the room and then start menuing the... Uh, Stealthos will have moved too far from the skulls and it, it won't work. Hmm. That's cool. That Be sure cool. to check that one out in the um, individual level GIFs that we mm -hmm. post. Um, see, I said GIFs that time instead of GIFs. I just switch yeah, it every time. Very just good. Antagonize people. Um, <laughs> all right, so if, if you are able to make it to the door on the left uh, after killing both enemies, mm. congratulations, you made it through the gauntlet. Those Yay. five rooms, I would say. Yeah. So, yeah, nice job. Now, this next room is kind of uh, weird. There's something sort of weird about it. Like I said, there's a bunny beam in there. If you want to stop and uh, powder it, probably not a bad idea. But the weird thing about this room is, so in the next room, you're going to get uh, a Lambalus, uh, mm -hmm. Lambalus 2 fight. But if you wait in this room, it for some reason somehow delays the uh, coming out of the sand of the Lambalus in the other room. Even if you menu here, I think that counts. So it, it will like take some time. So instead of like one of them popping up and then shortly after another one and then a third one, it'll delay and stack them all so that all three of them come up at one time. Do you guys know why this happens or like how to maybe prevent it or take advantage of it or anything? Well, so the as to why it happens is because this room and the Landmola's room and the one after Landmola's, uh, I, I think those are all on like a super tile. So uh -huh. they kind of technically belong together. So the more time you spend in the first room, say usually people stop there a little bit for, um, for powdering that bunny beam to get yeah. a fairy to refill some health. And that will already start the landmole fight in the background, so to speak. So they'll already be active and 
noodling around underground over there. And then once you walk in there, it'll be like, oh, okay, you we finally actually are active, so we can all pop out now. That's what we were supposed to do 30 seconds ago or something. Yeah. So it kind of just doesn't stagger them because they already all reached their time limit for when they were supposed to pop out. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as taking advantage of it, it really depends on what you want to do. Uh, if you want to kill them with silver arrows, uh, I would say try to get through that room as fast as possible so they come out staggered. So you can fire a few arrows, kill the first one, and then get ready for the next one. But It say, seems to me it's always going to be better if they're staggered. No, not really. Say you have the butter sword, so you okay. wait a little bit, and then you charge up a spin in there, and then you walk through the door. And then they all come out at the same place at the same time, and you release your swing. You might even get a double hit on all of them and, like, kind of instantly kill them, so to speak. So that might be... Or maybe you shoot a fire shot at them, and the lingering hitbox hits all three of them if they come out together. Of course, it depends on, like, where they come out, but usually they're all kind of clustered together. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. So it really depends on how you want to approach the fight. For for arrows, I would say a staggered thing is better. For stuff that does area damage, like a sword spin or a fire at shot, it's probably better if they come out together. Okay. Cool. Actually, yeah. you have any other thoughts about this Lamelus 2? Use the silver arrows if you got them. Otherwise, go back to your Lamelo 2 strategies and just avoid the uh, little fireball that's going to get shot at you. Yeah, that thing's annoying. Especially avoid it. that guy, especially after you've killed the landmo and you're just waiting for the door to open. I think for me personally, that's like the most annoying time that guy's there. Yeah, it's like you'll play a little game, like you're pushing against mm-hmm. the door, like can I get through the door before this shooter hits me? <laughs> um, and it's so dumb to take damage there, but I've definitely done that too. It happens all the time. Yeah. All right, so in the next room, you're going to see four skulls. These all have sort of useful things under them. The top left is a heart. The top right is an arrow. The bottom right is a little magic. And the bottom left is a bomb. So um, if you're feeling desperate in any one of those categories, there they are. Otherwise, you probably just want to you know, dash to the, the, the north of this room. But I would also recommend, before going through this door, grabbing your red cane because it's going to set you up for a super cool kill in the next room um so ascend the stairs here and you're going to see uh nothing at first and it's going to look like just a giant pit but there's some more invisible blocks here you're basically going to walk out to the middle of the room and as soon as you see these three whiz robes uh appear around you to the left right and south uh, you're going to lay down your red cane block and activate it again immediately so it blows up. It'll split into four parts, and three of these four bullets will hit the robes at the same time and kill all three of them instantly. And you're going to feel really cool if you pull it off. Now, all you have to do is make sure you don't fall down this pit. So you just angle a little bit to the left uh, as you walk down, and then angle a little bit to the right. And uh, that should put you on path to not fall. Um, so all of this happens in like two seconds. It's super cool when it all works. It's really not that difficult at all. Um, and, and that's this, uh, invisible block whiz robe room. Any other thoughts on this room? No, not really. I think you covered it pretty well. I think, uh, it, it, once you figure out the placement for the block and you know where you have to walk, it's, it's like a, once you do it, you know how to do it kind of deal. Yeah. It's yeah. total gimme. And, mm-hmm. and this is the easy whiz robe room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, next up, we've got this uh, 
just kind of a little dumb hallway. Uh, if you've got the boots, obviously you want to dash through. Um, but sometimes even with the boots, you can still take damage here if you're unlucky um, from these uh, like bull-looking dudes that are basically just like reskinned Hyrulean guards. Um, mm -hmm. There's also some laser arrows in the uh, in the wall that you need to or, or la laser beam eye things that you need to look out for. Um, pretty unremarkable room though, all things considered. Just dash dash over, avoid these dudes, kill them if you must, and uh, head through the next door. Um, now this next one is a little bit more interesting uh, of a whiz rope room, but there's also a quick kill for this one, and you should feel rightly pretty cool and pretty accomplished if you can pull this one off. I, I would say my accuracy on this is probably like 60 to 75% of the time I get it. Occasionally I'll miss it if I'm just not like on my game or whatever, but um, here's what you're going to do. So you walk in, there's uh, tread, treadmills everywhere. Uh, there are going to be four whiz ropes that appear. Uh, they're not exactly uh, lined up to where you can kill all of them with one hit, but there is a way you can kill three of them. So if you turn immediately to your left and put down a block on the treadmill, uh, it's going to get pushed by the treadmill a little bit. As soon as, as these four whiz ropes become corporeal, at that point your block should be in a position where if you activate it and split it, it will kill three of these whiz ropes. Now, you should already be walking north at this point so that you can kill this final whiz rope. You're going to walk right past uh, this, this uh, spike and move to your right, let the treadmill carry you a little bit more, and slash the last dude with your sword, and you should have killed all four of them uh, in you know probably like two seconds, and the door will be open. Now, if you miss part of this, it's not a big deal. You just have to sort of wait around for them to come back and then you know finish the job, but... That is uh, sort of the quick kill route for, for these guys. Um, it's also possible um, and, and can feel equally as gratifying, but not quite as fast. If you miss the first time, um, you could still do some quick kind of geometry in your head and put down another block so, so that you can kind of quickly mop up and kill two or three of them in one hit after you've missed that initial opportunity to kill all four of them quickly. Um, so yeah, any, any thoughts about this room? Uh, well, <laughs> it's uh, it's very hard to get those whiz robes uh, blocked down. It's very precise. I a number of times have put the block down, thought I was good, and I end up hitting like none of them <laughs> or mm -hmm. one of them. Um, so, I mean, this is one of the few rooms in GT where you just should really practice it a whole bunch so you get it muscle memory down. Yeah. Yeah, it's also, I feel like it's kind of hard to explain this room in, in just, you know, by talking about it. it. Probably, you'll probably see exactly that strat that uh, Tim was talking about in those uh, GIFs that X was talking about earlier, where you can see the speed strats for each individual room. Uh, yeah. I would assume that's probably the fastest strat for this room if you can pull it off correctly. And once you yeah. see it, you kind of get an idea what you have to do, and then it's just a matter of timing and kind of knowing where on the conveyor belt to place your block so it moves in the right speed so it's in the right position when the vis ropes appear it's it's just kind of a practice thing really yeah agreed cool all right we're uh we're not too far off now we're getting pretty close so next up uh is a room that has falling tiles and uh treadmills there the one on the left is going to go forward uh the one on the right goes back 
so the fastest way to get through here, um, bit of a traditional wisdom, if you just walk in and walk to your right just a tiny bit and then dash up, uh, essentially, you know, these guys, there's, there's four guards up here and they're all operating on RNG. What I've heard at least, and it seems to be true, if you take a little step to the right first and then dash up, you're going to be in a slightly better position to not uh, accidentally get hit by one of these guards and have to deal with them. Because uh, the goal is to just dash right by them and not have to encounter them at all um, and, and just, you know, go about your way. Uh, but being to the right a little bit seems to help. Um, any other tips you guys have for, for getting past this room? Not really. I mean, this is, as you said, just a room where you want to go through fast and you just want to be careful not to plink off those guards' weapons. Uh, I guess if you don't have boots, it doesn't hurt to actually use the conveyor belt on the left to your advantage. Just be careful once you get to the end and the guards spot you, they'll come running at you. Uh, just be careful they don't knock you off. Uh, because if you if you end up having to uh, start the room from the beginning after you get knocked off, all the tiles will be knocked out and only the conveyor belts will be left. So that'll be yeah. a little tricky to navigate. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Now, this next room is tough. This is a tough one. Um, this is the room that you've heard us mention a few times uh, where you, you really want to have the fire rod, but technically you don't need it. It's very difficult to do without the fire rod, but it is possible. Um, essentially, we've got some really tight uh, catwalks here with no guard, so they're very easy to fall off of. Um, and you've got a fire bar going around that is in a position to hit you pretty much on any of these catwalks, depending on where you're standing. Uh, there are four, uh, four torches here. Um, three of them are covered up uh, by pots where so that you can't just quickly like nail every one of them. You have to kind of walk up and deal with these pots first, throw them out of the way um, mm -hmm. so that you can so that you can light the torches. Uh, now, the way that I normally do it, and I don't know if this is like for sure the fastest, but... Um, I'll go up to the north one, get rid of that pot. Again, I'm doing all this as quickly as possible so I can avoid the fire bar. Go over to the one on the east, uh, get rid of that one, uh, and then go uh, essentially keep going around with the fire bar. Light the north one, light the east one, fall down the pit so that it warps you back to the door. Light the, uh, the torch that's on the west, dash down to the bottom of this room, and from across the pit... Uh, fire rod the one on the south all four should be lit now um, you're coming up kind of on the end of time and you go through this door that uh, is open as long as all four torches are lit so that's how I do it again if you have the if you don't have the fire rod you have to do it in sort of a different order and you have to be pretty perfect with your time um, mm -hmm. any other thoughts about this room guys well I do it Almost like you, just a little bit differently. I'll uh, I'll come into the room, and usually the timing works out where I can uh, walk down to the middle and then follow the fire bar all the way to the right one, and I'll uh, like be shortly behind the fire bar. I'll pick up the skull, light the right torch, and then before the fire bar comes back around from the bottom, I'll go back to the top one pick up uh, the skull, light the torch, fall off the left side of the thing, uh, light the west torch, and then the rest of the room is pretty much the same as you do it. Hmm. Gotcha. I'm not Actually, sure if it's you? any faster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so for me, I, I uh, what I'll do is I'll go in, I'll lift the pot, I'll, uh, I'll try to lift the pot, and then 
use the torch real quick so I can save a little on magic. Mm. But, um, you know, it it's just... Um, you really just don't want to fall off whenever you're lighting those because that's going to really mess you up. And uh, I don't know. I, I play it really... I, try, I think I play it a little safer maybe than I should. Yeah. I definitely do that. I mean, as evidenced by the fact that I pick up the pots first and then go around and light them, when I guess technically, I mean, you could pick up that first pot, wait for the fire bar a little bit, and then light that one, and then, you know, you're, yeah. you're lighting them all now. I mean, that's so what I, I guess, do. Yeah. I, yeah. I pick up that first pot, wait, light it, go to the next one, pick it up, light it, fall, light the third one, and then fire rod the fourth one. Yeah. Now, if I, I don't I like have a fire that. rod, uh, it's a little different. Yeah, I like that. And, and again, check out these IL strats. There's, there's probably something yeah. insane. I, uh, I was very quickly off to the side looking for it, and apparently the website that has them is down. It was related to the practice ROM, oh, and no. apparently the page for it is gone, so... Oh no! Sorry, I, right, uh, well, I was very sad trying to find it. Dang it! Well, we'll we'll just get some discussion going, and maybe we can find some some links. We'll make our own. Share them. Yeah, or something. <laughs> or, or something. Or, or something. Yeah. 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 So. Cool. Okay. So uh, now, uh, also of note, just in case you need it, obviously, you know, you have to have magic to get through this room. Um, so, so hopefully, you've been okay on on refilling your magic. If you're getting really desperate. Um, you know, you might have to use the torch because it uses a lot less magic. Uh, there is magic refill. There's a magic refill under the pot to the far south torch um, on the end of that catwalk. And there's also a little bit of magic in the final pot right before you go through the door. So actually, I can remember a time in recent memory where I came in here with no magic and had to get the magic under those pots and light these with the torch and, and make my way through. Mm. Um but uh, even if you use all of your magic up to get through that door, that's okay because in the next room, you're, there's a bunch of eye lasers, so be careful of those. If you move with a sense of purpose, you should miss them. But the far right uh, pot over here does have a full magic refill, and I would definitely recommend picking that up because you're going to need to use magic in the next room as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, Oh, and there's also a heart under the other pot, so you might want to grab that. But um, Go ahead and head up these stairs. Again, be careful of those eye lasers. And we are on the uh, penultimate floor here. Um, so this next room is one of those where you just kind of have to know it. Um, you know, if you've played this game even twice before, you, you probably will never mess up on this room again. But there's an order to which you have to light these torches coming up. You do have to light all four of them, and then uh, you can go through the door. The bottom left one needs to be first, and then the bottom right one, and then the top left one, and then the top right one. You pretty much have to do it in that order. Um, if you are doing this with the torch and you don't have the fire rod, the order is a little different. You just have to do it in the order uh, that they are that they still have floor next to them, basically, because the floor is going to fall out. Um, so you'll you'll be able to figure that out if uh, again if you've played this a couple times, shouldn't shouldn't be too bad. Um, any thoughts on that room? Uh, isn't it top uh, bottom right, bottom left, top left, top right? Yeah, that's what I've always done. I've done the bottom right, bottom left. Up because the left, floor starts right. falling from the top right, and then if you do t bottom left first, might, it could be a little close on the bottom right one, right? Uh, I think I always do bottom left. Oh, really? You're Whoa. a crazy man, Tim. It's a, that's a, uh, it's a bold strategy. We've mm -hmm. got a gambler here. I mean, I've never had a problem. It's never it's never even been that hard. I, I also think want... you could it, probably just do either one, I guess. Probably. I mean, if you have enough time, sure. Yeah. Um, 
I also want to mention that if you only have the lamp, you can uh, also do bottom right, bottom left, uh, top left, and then uh, you, if you manage to place yourself just right, your torch or your lamp will reach far enough over that you can manage to light the torch with the one tile gap of the floor that's already fallen out. Oh. Huh. It, it actually cool. reaches over in this room. You just got to be careful, obviously, because if you fall down, you're kind of, you know, you have to do it again, but it, it works. That's cool. Um, now, this next room is a room of choices. You, you'll have some choices that you can make right here. Uh, the first one is there are two treasure chests in here. So if you're in go mode and you feel like you have all the equipment you could possibly need to take out Ganon, um, you should definitely be ignoring these chests. Don't try to be a hero. Don't do it for the memes. You want to get that fast time, just roll through here. Um, had that being said, if you're, you know, if you don't have silvers yet, or if you maybe looking for a male or half magic or any of those other, you know, number of safeties that could help in your final battle against Ganon, could be worth the three to four seconds to open these up because you never know. I've definitely found silvers up here before. I don't know about you guys. Oh um, yeah, or maybe you're finding that sword you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. If you have master, you should be checking every one of these because the jump from master mm -hmm. to tempered is is well worth it. It's going to save you way more time to check these and maybe find it. So, um, the other thing you need to make a decision about: if you only have one key right now, you need to go ahead and kill both of, or you need to kill the leftmost uh, beetle in this room and pick up the key that it drops so that you can continue on. If you have two keys, though. You shouldn't bother with killing these guys because um, you already have everything you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and of course, watch out for the uh, shooters in here; they're obnoxious as ever. Um, any other thoughts about this room? No, not really. No, yeah. uh, you kind of covered everything. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep rolling. Um, so, in the next room, uh, you're gonna have to throw a bomb down there. You're gonna time it along with the treadmill. Um, again, if you've done it a few times, it's really no big deal. Just drop the bomb throw it it'll explode when it hits that crack um you know be, watch your timing through these spike guys you're going to head south through here what a lot of people will do if you're low on health and you have your magic powder uh even if you only have one use of magic left just go immediately south powder both the bunny beam and the anti-fairy that are trapped right here eliminate them both and turn them both into fairies um a nice little health boost before the uh, final boss coming up here soon um definitely recommend that Again, there's another chest here, so kind of same thing that we said about the room, you know, a couple rooms ago applies. If you still are looking for things, you might as well go ahead and open it. If not, um, you know, just it's faster to leave it. Uh, that being said, one thing you are going to want to grab no matter what is in the bottom uh, right skull, there is a full magic refill. Uh, huge, huge help coming up for Ganon, so be sure to grab that and uh, use your final key and head south into... Moldorm 2. Hooray! Dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> it's going to be a lot easier this time because you probably have much better equipment. Um, you know, if you have a tempered sword, uh, a spin slash and a regular slash will kill it. Um, you know, if even if you have master, three spin slashes will kill it. And it's also a lot less punishing if you fall down here because uh, you can just, you know, very easily make your way over to the room to jump back up and uh, you're back in the fight. Again, you know, as same as last time, Moldorm will uh, recover all of its health if you leave the room. So you're starting over if you do that. Um, also, the shape of this room, it's intended to make the fight harder, but I think in a lot of ways it makes it a little easier. 
um, because it's a little easier for moldworm to get sort of wrapped into a corner or you know um, in such a position where you can hit it but it's a little harder for it to hit you um, so that's just just my my two cents but um, do you guys have any other tips for this moldworm 2 fight that's in our way um, I for me personally, I think it's uh, it can be a little harder because it can be easier for Moldorm to knock you off because the platform in general is a little smaller and has like a weirder shape, I guess. But uh, you covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah, the now, platform kind of looks like a butterfly. Yeah, or like a W. Like I'm wondering w. if it's supposed to be the Ganon bat. Oh, yeah. Right? That's what it reminds me of, at least. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Now, one thing that is worth mentioning, if you are one of those superstars who knows how to hover, this is a time where it could make a big difference because what you're doing uh, by killing Moldorm is causing a chest to appear. And the idea is you use that to hookshot over to it, um, you know, and that essentially lets you proceed. But if you know how to hover, you don't need that hookshot point to appear. And you can just walk right by Moldorm, just totally disrespect it. Uh, and hover across this gap and be on your way. Um, obviously, it's risky if you fall; you have to start over again. Um, but you know, if you're one of those people who can hover, the, it, this is probably the time to be doing that. You know, mm -hmm. and, and this is why hookshot is required if you can't hover because that's the only way to get across that gap. Because yep. the gap is, I think, what three tiles? Uh, I think so. I think yeah. it's two. I think it's two tiles. Maybe two. Is yeah. it two? I think so. Yeah, just two. But yeah, I think people have. Well, did, wasn't there some very crazy combo that would let you bomb jump across, but it, it requires, like, pixel-perfect uh, oh, timing? Oh, yeah. I think there's, like, a setup where Moldor needs to knock into you in a specific angle while the bomb goes off or something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, it's... I remember I saw something about this in one of the discords, and I saw it and went, well, I'll never pull that off. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's one of those, like, it, it. you know, Moldorm is one of the most RNG-heavy... Uh, anything's in this game and to try to use that to your advantage to you know set up a bomb jump to get across this ledge is absolute insanity i yeah. love that people are out there trying i, it, I but... think it's like a bomb jump combined with hitting your sword off of moldorm's head something like that yeah mm -hmm. so uh so yeah not recommended but um kind of kind of cool to to at least mention now speaking of mentioning things, we would be remiss if we did not mention this final chest. It, it is a bit of a uh, randomizer meme. <laughs> this last one is known as the validation chest. Uh, no, it's and, not. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some controversy around this, isn't there, Herb? There's like like you're not allowed to call it the. There's there's no controversy. It's just not the validation chest. There's no controversy. It I'm pretty isn't. sure there is I'm no validation sure. chest. I'm pretty sure as a commentator, one of the rules was don't call this chest the validation chest. Yeah, I so guess... for a while there, uh, when Rando was pretty new and the first tournaments were going, people would call this the validation chest because at this point in your run, you have everything you need. You're on your way to the final boss fight. There can't possibly be anything in this chest that you still need or want, usually. So the only reason for you to open this is for you know the memes for fun for time wasting for whatever just reason to see what's have. in there just out yeah. of curiosity it could just be something funny or cool exactly you know? just to open it up and see what might be in there yeah so people started calling it the validation chest but eventually 
that led to people calling for disqualifications when you didn't open it jokingly yeah. but if you're a newer watcher you of course assume that people aren't making weird jokes about people being disqualified so people actually started thinking you'd be disqualified if you don't open up those oh, tests. So yeah, we I, had to put uh, the kibosh on that. I had no, yeah. Go ahead. I, go ahead. I had heard, and, and you know, this might be wrong, but the the one of the other reasons too was there were apparently situations, and we're talking aeons ago before we had hashes or anything like that, where people would accidentally be on the wrong seed. So you'd have person A running you know, seed one, two, three, four, and person B running seed, you know, one, two, three, five, neither one would notice it. And this, you know, that chest is always going to be the same in the same seed. And because there's so many items, people said, well, maybe if they just both open it, then that's a way to prove that they're both playing the same seed. Is that, uh, is that rumor and hearsay or did that actually, uh, is that actually a thing? I, I hadn't heard of that before, to be honest, so I'm not sure. But I, you know, I'm not, I've not been there since the inception of Rando, so it might be true. That's ridiculous. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it, it was <laughs> very so silly. many other better ways to make sure that you're playing the same seed than checking the final item location <laughs> chest. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, I it agree. Is. I would agree. That I hope that's not true because that's. So <laughs> But uh, it is interesting. And yeah, so I guess the idea is like you validate the run by checking what's in this chest. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, uh, it gained the name validation chest. Uh, yeah. That, that's kind of what I mean, And when I, when I, in terms of timeline, when I heard about this, this was bef- like some of the very, very early versions when they were still all kinds of like, oh, we can't randomize like the boss drops. We can't randomize the crystal and pendant locations. Yeah, like, early. Very early. early. Yeah. We're talking yeah. like people just kind of messing around with it and i guess that would have been like what like three years ago or so four years ago probably i i could imagine that as i said that was before even my time so maybe maybe from the very early days where people weren't sure what they were playing yeah um so that's validation chess another interesting uh point about this we i guess we touched on in our um quizzes episode is uh this is the least likely chess to hold progression uh, it was like what, like point zero one percent likely, but that point zero one is interesting because technically it could have like the master sword in it, right, or something like that, or, or your silvers technically would be considered progression in in this chest too. Yeah, it could have. I th- the only thing I think it can have and be counted as progression would be master sword or silvers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting uh, factoid about this chest, but um, it is our last one. We've we've checked through so many item locations this is the final one i feel like kind of reverent about it i don't know why we can we can play some kind of sad sad you know wistful music about our uh, (laughs) not having to open any more chests i'll see what i can cook up um cool okay so now it's fortunate that you have your hookshot out um that you use to get across here because you can actually use that again right away in these blocks that you push um if you want to activate your hookshot as soon as you push the first one, you'll zip to the uh, third one and go through that second one, and uh, we'll definitely save you a little bit of time. Um, so ref- definitely recommend doing that. But make your way through this next room, and uh, what I like to do in this one, it looks a lot worse than it is. It looks kind of intimidating. If you have your hookshot out already, which you probably do, uh, and you have your boots, make your way to the middle of this room. Uh, just like kind of immediately move out to the middle. Um, when this beetle is about to hit you, use the hook shot to activate the iframes 
this dude should fly harmlessly by you and then start a dash in the middle of this room and you should dash all the way up, miss everybody, miss all the bogeys, uh, not have to worry about the ice and just go straight through the door at the north. That's what I recommend. Anything less than that, you're risking getting uh, wrecked by all of these beetles in the ice and the spikes and the treadmills. Um, You just got to get through it all. But dashing helps quite a bit. And utilizing the iframes from the hookshot is also rather helpful. Any mm-hmm. other thoughts on this? This is really like the final room before yeah. everything from here is just yep. process. So, um, no, I think I do pretty much what you do. I walk in here, then I try to fire my hookshot to the left to catch the mini helmosaur, which would kill it instantly. But even if you miss, it kind of works out timing wise where you can walk into the middle and just dash straight upwards, and you'll get usually you'll get right through it. So uh, that's what I usually do when I kind of pray to RNG Jesus. Yeah, yeah RNG Jesus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Okay, so you go through that door. Um, it's going to take you to one final, very dramatic hall. You're going to hear some uh, sinister music, and um, don't follow this carpet here. It's going to take you out, uh, sort of an unnecessary arch. Just immediately turn left and dash, and you'll you'll go across the wall, um, and that'll take you to the boss door. So open it up, and you're going to see a familiar foe with a new trick. This is Aghanim 2. You defeat him the same way, but there is a little extra um, sort of element to this battle. What's what's going on here that's, that's different? Well, you'll have to deal with some, what shall we call them, shadows, clones? Yeah, clones, I guess. Yes, either, yeah, either one of those works. You've got, you've yeah. got some... Uh, some some evil specters that have joined Aghanim to try mm-hmm. to take down. So, this is uh, referred to lovingly by a lot of people as Geometry Wizard, uh, because the idea is you've got these three wizards that are going to uh, teleport randomly to different places and all shoot at you at the same time. Now, the good news is even though only one of these can be damaged, the actual Aghanim, which it'll be very easy to tell which one that is because it's fully... Um, uh, you know, corporeal, and the other ones are transparent. Um, all of them shoot uh, these energy balls at you that can damage you, um, but all of those balls damage the actual real agonim as well. So you can reflect the balls from all three of these agonims into the real one, and you can hit it three times. Mm-hmm. In fact, the the like uh, the dream, which you'll see sometimes uh, from you know really really good players is to get two triples in a row. So uh, two phases, or uh, two rounds of this fight, and it's over, because you take the three balls from the first volley and the three balls from the second volley, and that's six hits right there in two rounds only, and you're done. Um, Now, you know, that's in a perfect world. A lot of times you're settling for maybe getting two of them, which is called a double. Um, If you can get three doubles in a row, then you've done it in three rounds, and that's also a really good time. Um, but the main overall goal is to reflect these balls back into the real one. And um, what are some tips that you guys have, or just kind of general guidelines for um, effectively lining up as many shots as possible and hitting them into the real agonim as, as you can? Remembering Miss Stein's geometry class from eighth grade. <laughs> for those of us who didn't have Miss Stein, um, what what did she tell you about Agony? Uh Well, you know, she of course was a, a huge link to the past player back in right. you know the the early <laughs> early two thousands. Um, no, but um, really, 
I would say what you should, should aim for is if you can get them lined up in a, a vertical or horizontal line, that's great. Um, the other thing, you know, otherwise, it, you kind of want to just think triangles in your head and imagine, you know, I, I try to only focus on getting doubles because triples are sort of like, well, if it happens, it happens. But right. for a double, just kind of imagine you, the real Aga, and Ghost Aga forming a triangle, and you want that, you know, triangle to be one where uh, you've hopefully got kind of a, uh, a, you know, a nice angle towards real Aga. Um, the other thing to watch out for, and I've seen this, this has happened to me many, many times, is if you hit Aga in a, you know, too too fast or too slow with uh, the balls, the three Aganims can get out of sync, and when that happens, it's just a nightmare, because you'll have one of the ghosts firing at you, and then real Aga will fire at you, and then one of the ghosts will fire at you, and it's very hard to time your hits then. So try to not have them get out of sync. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That can, uh, that can be tough. I guess what I want to mention is, um, I, I suppose don't focus on the geometry too hard. I've seen a lot of people try to, you know, position themselves correctly and fiddle around and charge their mm-hmm. spin and all that kind of stuff, and then suddenly they get hit by the walls instead of reflecting them, and you get no damage in, and it just kind of messes up the fight a little bit. Yeah, a so, single, a, a poorly taught, uh, you know, spaced out single is better than the perfectly spaced out double that you then whiff on because you were paying it, not paying attention to the timing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess another thing of interest is that if you manage to get a triple, but you time it or you reflect the balls in such a way that they hit Aga, the real Aga, too quickly uh, in succession, you might get one that hits him while he's still invincible from just being hit, so your triple might not count. So try to, you know, kind of see if that happens or keep that in mind and don't rely on it being a triple. Yeah, that's aggravating. You you yeah. did everything you needed to do for that triple and just because you're mm-hmm. too good you don't you don't get all three. <laughs> yeah, <hits>. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, one tip that I would I'd like to impart uh, that is certainly helpful to me is if you wanna generally kind of stand closer to the real agonim while the balls are forming and they're getting ready to shoot, you're basically baiting them to all throw their balls right in front of Aga. And then at the last minute, you want to walk away and get in a position where you can now hit all three of those balls when they come at you in the direction of Aga. So you're kind of baiting them a little bit in where they throw the balls um, and then standing in a position where you can hit them when they come to that part. Um, It's kind of hard to describe, but... um, if you generally just try to think of being close to the real Aga when they're charging and then walking away right as they shoot and then hitting the balls in the direction, that's generally kind of what I try to do. Um, you know, generally don't don't feel like you have to stand in one spot for this. Like moving is is absolutely a valid strategy and is is going to help you to you know get those triples and doubles that will make things faster. Yeah, and definitely be careful to uh, conserve your health and magic here if at all possible, because whatever kind of uh, stats you're rocking at the end of this battle, we're planning on jumping immediately into Ganon fight. So um, you're going to be dealing with that same loadout when you uh, when you go down, so be careful. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we smashed Aga 2, uh, and it was revealed that Aga, Aganim was being controlled by the Ghost of Ganon all along. 
So uh, dun dun dun! The ultimate uh, twist ending. You, nobody saw that coming. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Right. I like to take this opportunity personally. This is this is my trademark thing. So so do not steal. I like to dash along the walls like I'm a, a pro wrestler, like going against the ropes, like getting ready for a fight. <laughs> That's just my cool thing that I. Like I, to I do. spam the uh, the hook shot into the corner. Nice. I do too. But I do it for a reason that I can't say on this podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> so everyone's got their cool uh, trademark signature moves that they do here. I would definitely encourage all of you to come up with your own. I, I um, Hang on. I'll, I'll give the listeners a hint. I do it for the same reason uh, I do the last torch in the Misery Mire four torches thing before you have to drop down where the wall moves. I yeah. don't do the last torch from the bottom like everyone else. I do it from the side. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I think I'm with you. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so, interestingly enough, even if you didn't have the flute, uh, Link is going to bust that flute out and play it. And uh, the duck, who normally is nowhere to be found in uh, the Dark World, will suddenly appear, helpfully. And take yeah, you all, to what's, the pyramids. What's that all about? Yeah, like what the hell? Where are you maybe been, it's, dude? Maybe it's like, um, you know, like it's a top of the tower, but it's like a open air top. I, I don't know. Mm. So but, the way I've explained it to myself is that once you kill Aga two, the curse is lifted, and you can actually use the duck. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll accept that. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so it's going to warp you to the top of the pyramid. Uh, Bat Ganon is going to slam into the top of it and create a hole through which you can fall. Um, if you're trying to beat this game as quickly as possible, which normally we are, um, you're going to immediately just hold down and just fall right into this hole, which will take you to the final battle against Ganon. Um, now, uh, we don't normally you know, talk to, you know, stop to talk about other game modes, but... One thing that is important to mention here is uh, if you are playing all dungeons, this is the point where you probably mirror over and do your Aga 1. Um, so, you know, th- this is the closest point you are to that. Otherwise, every other goal, if the goal is just kill Ganon, you're just going to drop right down. Um, now, I guess the only times you wouldn't drop down is if you're feeling like you don't have enough health or certainly if you don't have enough magic to finish this battle. At, in which case, you know, there are some uh, alternate sort of things you can do. There is a tree on this part of the map that you can dash into that will give you a fairy that could be quite helpful um, for magic. Uh, hopefully you have some backups you can use, or you might have to just mirror into the light world and flute to two and go to the potion uh, lady and fill, fill, uh, fill that up for yourself. Or just buy a green potion and chug it real quick. Because you are going to need at least some magic uh, for this battle. Um, any other thoughts about getting prepped up for Ganon? Hopefully you're just dropping right in, but if not, um, you know, yeah, there are some things yeah. you need. My thought on the prep is, you know, it, ideally you don't have to go and get potions or fairies or anything like that, but if you know that Ganon regularly kicks your butt, it, it's okay to, you know, mirror over and go flute over to the witch, get your potions, and then head back because you're going to waste less time doing that than if you go and get all the way to Ganon's third phase and then die. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, this is kind of like a knowing your skill level kind of thing. If you know that, you know, you're kind of iffy on Ganon and 
you know, sometimes you're good, sometimes you're not, and you're having a good run, it's okay to play it safe and go get some potions, you know. Uh, but if you know that, like, hey, I've already got a blue and a green, um, you know, Ganon usually I can get through pretty cleanly, then then be confident in that, even if you have two empty bottles, and say, all right, I'm just going, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Kind of trust your skills. Yeah. yeah. The same kind of goes for when you're low on resources, like when you land at the pyramid and you're down to, like, three or two hearts and you barely have any magic and stuff then it's really as Axe said it's worth to just invest the time and get a potion or two instead of somehow making it to the second or third phase and then dying and having to start all over right. and uh, uh the last thing i want to mention is that if you're fine on magic and everything else but you're feeling a little bit iffy on health you can't just walk down the pyramid and in the tree that's on the left like right down there if you bonk into it there's a guaranteed fairy in it and uh, even if you just want to catch it, if you manage to item dash with the net into the tree from the left side, you'll automatically catch the fairy like instantly as it pops out. So oh, that's, that's like cool. a, yeah, yeah, that's really a neat trick that I've learned at some point. Yeah, so, I didn't know that. Uh, cool. If you just item dash into the tree from the left, you'll immediately uh, catch that fairy and keep it in your bottle for the Ganon fight. So that's a quick way to you know not waste a whole lot of time but get some kind of safety. Yeah. So do you want to drop down and, and fight the pig? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. So I want to start by saying a few things here. The first one is that I, I'm of a mind, personally, I feel like we could do a whole episode on Ganon. Um, that, maybe that's a little too intense, so we're going to do our best. I, I, but I do want to be kind of thorough here. We're going to talk about you know different damage classes and different items that can be useful. Um, we probably don't need to take a whole episode. I think we can do this in the next, like, 20 minutes here or so. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is we talk a lot about, you know, even in this very episode, we've talked about priority of things to practice. This should be pretty high on your list of things to practice. The, I, the only I, thing that should be higher is the Ice Palace Bomb Jump. Yeah, I would agree mm -hmm. with that. I would agree with that. I would say if you're going to spend any time trying to improve your play in this game, it makes a lot of sense to bust out the LTTP hack ROM and just warp straight to Ganon and just do it a bunch of times and just get really familiar with the attack patterns and the amount of damage you can do and how many hits it takes to do this and that. Um, this is worth it to spend some time shedding out. Yeah, yeah becoming familiar with a Ganon fight really helps. And, you know, it's, uh, again, one of those things where the more you realize what's coming or the more you know what you have to expect from it, the better you can react to it and the better the fight will go for you. So uh, do we want to? I, I wanted to open up and just talk about damage tables first. Yeah, if that's uh, that's all right. So Ganon, so that you know, there's a whole, you know, and we'll we'll link this slew of damage tables, and there's there's actually uh, fifteen different damage classes, and Ganon only takes damage from class three, four, and five. So okay, Axe, what the hell does that mean? Okay, so class three is going to be your Master Sword Spin your Tempered Sword Slash, your Tempered Sword uh, Dash, and your Beam from a Gold Sword. That's damage class 3. Damage class 4 is a Tempered Sword Spin, Gold Sword Slash, Gold Sword Dash, and uh, damage class 5 is a Gold Sword Spin. Now, damage class 5 and 4 actually are equivalent, uh, but uh, 
damage class three and is where I feel like a lot of people end up fighting because typically you're not I mean I guess you can come in here with gold sword but I feel like a lot of the times people are coming in with tempered sword or or master and tempered sword versus master sword have a very very different way of playing so if you are coming in here with just the master sword uh, you have to use spins only to hit Ganon and it will take you a total of 52 spins yeah. to yeah. to beat Ganon. Um, if you are coming in here with the you know uh, tempered sword, you're looking at a much more reasonable uh, like 16 plus uh, four, so 20 hits. Um, it's uh, it's it's a lot more reasonable. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to practice Ganon and you're going to think about it, try practicing with the Tempered Sword first. Once you get good with the Tempered Sword, then try doing Master Sword spins only, because you will eventually have to use Master Sword spins. Maybe not for, you know, a couple dozen seeds, but eventually you will get here with only the Master Sword. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's re- it really is important for you to learn how to do this because think I mean just think about it and if you're a newer player you've probably literally been in this position before you you have your master sword and you're in go mode but you you go around looking for another sword upgrade because you don't feel comfortable with you know trying to kill Ganon with master sword only that's you don't need me to tell you that's a huge huge time gain that could otherwise be eliminated by picking up this little bit of knowledge and being able to beat Ganon with only the master sword um, you you really got to learn it. Otherwise, it's just it's crazy how prohibitive it is to to not know this. You know. Yeah. Um. So do we want to walk through each each phase now? Yeah. What? How how do we proceed? Yeah, do we just want to go through the phases? Yeah, I think phase by phase. Yeah, and and fortunately the first one is is pretty simple. The easy one. Yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty easy to figure out, I guess. Yeah. So when you first drop in, you're gonna have time to get one free hit in. Does this actually do any damage or no? It does. Well, that's cool. So, yeah, get your free hit in real quick. Uh, Ganon is going to hit you with one of uh, several randomized phrases it can throw at you. Some of them are funny. Some of them are kind of playing into the fiction of Link to the Past. There's there's all, you know, some of them are meta. Some of them break the fourth wall. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just say a bunch of, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, but as soon as that finishes, it's on and the intense music starts. Uh, so what you're going to do is really just try to slash him as much as possible. Like Axe said... Um, you know, hopefully you have tempered sword or butter and you can just do normal slashes. Um, if you have tempered and you're doing normal slashes, really, you, you should hopefully be able to get in enough hits that Ganon only teleports one time. So, so Ganon's attack pattern basically here is, uh, it stands in one spot, uh, twirls around its trident and throws the trident at you. After it throws the trident, it's going to teleport around the room and the trident's trajectory will change to go to wherever he just teleported to. So it has kind of a weird trajectory. Um, it's pretty predictable. It's not that hard to avoid. Um, if you do get hit by it, though, it, it hurts pretty bad. Um, especially if you're on green mail. I'm, I'm definitely feeling for you if you're doing this fight with green mail. Um, all of Ganon's attacks hit real hard. Um, mm-hmm. So you really want to minimize the damage that you're taking. Especially if you're low on hearts, low on safeties, etc. etc. Because there's kind of two ways to go about a Ganon fight. There's you know, I have plenty of safeties, I have lots of potion, I have full hearts, um, you know, I'm just gonna, like, throw myself at him with a bunch of reckless attacks, I don't really care if I take a lot of damage. 
Then there's the kind where you got there and you only have like 12 hearts and it's like, you know, you have blue mail or your green mail or something, you know, and it's like you are going to get murdered if you get hit three times. So keep that in mind, you know, are you playing it safe or are you playing it fast? Um, this phase, it doesn't really matter too much because again, it's pretty tough to get hit. You're just trying to wail on Ganon as much as possible. You'll know you've reached the second phase when instead of throwing the trident, uh, he will lift it up and spin it around and little fires will form around it. That's how you know you're in phase two. Um, but before we talk about that, do you guys have any other thoughts about phase one to keep in mind? Not really. I mean, you got to watch out for, as you said, any attacks of him. Try not get, to get hit by the trident and try not to hug Ganon. That's really, that goes for the whole fight, really. No Ganon hugs. Mm -hmm. he's, he's a terrible hugger. Yeah. Um, so I was going to go and, and start talking through the second phase, but uh, it sort of ties into what I wanted to say in the first phase, which if you have the cape, this is one of the shining moments for it because you can throw on the cape and smack Ganon as much as you want without having to worry about getting hit. Yeah, the cape's great here, especially in the second phase. Uh, like you said, it's, it's useful in both, but uh, yeah, cape is, is really nice to have. It's kind of like a, uh, a free second round as long as you got enough magic for it. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, speaking of the second round, let's, uh, let's, let's dig into it. Now, depending on where Ganon is positioned in the room right now, uh, that could have a lot to do with, you know, kind of how you proceed um, and, and what is uh, going to make the most sense. What you're hoping for is Ganon is near a wall so that um, you probably noticed that when you've been hitting Ganon, whenever you strike him, he pushes you away. You kind of like recoil from that. So the idea is if you're near a wall and you strike him, you bounce into the wall instead and you don't have to walk as far to go get another slash in. So you're basically bouncing Link, or bouncing your sprite between Ganon and the wall, repeatedly getting a lot more hits in than you could if you were just in open air trying to do this. Um, so that is ideal. Uh, you'll notice that these uh, fires are spinning around now, starting to form around the trident. They are going to expand out and expand back in, not unlike uh, Argus's puffballs did when you were fighting Argus. Um, the idea here is uh, if any of those hit you, obviously you're going to take some damage. You really want to try to avoid that, um, especially if you're low on, on supplies. So uh, there's a couple ways to do that. If you still have your hook shot out from your climb up Ganon's tower, which most people still will, um, it's great to be able to utilize those for iframes. Um, if you time it just right and you turn into open air and shoot your hook shot, you will, you know, the extent, the animation will play for a long time because you shot the uh, hook shot so far out. And you'll be invincible uh, that whole time, so the fireballs will just move harmlessly through you. So if you can time it just right on when it when the fireballs are going out and when they're coming back in, you can avoid taking all of that damage, and in the meantime, just be slashing again and as fast as you can. So that's probably the most straightforward way, the uh, strategy that I see. Um, there are a couple other ways to handle this, depending on your skill level and your item list. Um, do one of you guys want to talk about some some ways other than what I just described to do some damage here in phase two? I mean, the only other one is is the one I mentioned, which is using the cape. Mm -hmm. Cape obviously helps a lot. There, there's a few others I can think of. Herf, do you have any others? Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, you can try to uh, maneuver it in a way, especially with how you mentioned using the iframes for when the firing expands. You can try maneuvering in such a way where you will actually stand inside the ring of fire while he's spinning his trident and you can get a bunch of free hits in there without being in too much danger 
I, I feel like that's a more advanced strategy though because once the uh, ring of fire comes back and turns into those fire bats you have to make very specific movements to dodge them and not get hit yeah those fire bats are i think what really makes this phase so brutal so mm -hmm. a after the fire expands and contracts and goes back around ganon's uh trident um each of them turns into little fire bats and makes a beeline to fly straight at link um the way they move is is it's hard to describe it's sort of weird it's it's really easy to get hit by these things you have to be really uh zigzaggy with your controls in order to effectively dodge them um so that gives a lot of people trouble i think that's why a lot of people hate phase two so much um the one thing i wanted to mention and this is not something i can do but i see a lot of advanced players do it is timing dash strats uh, timing dashes um so that basically you start a dash and as soon as your sword hits ganon you cancel the dash and if you get your rhythm down just right you can go boom and you just hit him over and over and over and it's really fast because that's another way to avoid the knockback of your sword, the recoil that happens when you hit Ganon naturally. Um, so, you know, check out some more experienced players playing. Um, you'll probably see a few of them utilize that strat um, and then, you know, take that one into the uh, practice room. And, and um, that, that can be a really effective way to get this done quickly and efficiently. Um, and then the last thing, uh, I've seen Andy attempt this. I don't know that I've ever seen him do it successfully, but I'd imagine it's certainly possible if he's breaking it out during races. Um, if you have the red cane and Ganon's positioning is not favorable, meaning that he's not near a wall where you can bounce in between it, uh, I guess, you know, what, what Andy's trying to do here and, and what you could uh, theoretically do is set down a red block and make it be your wall. So you set that down and bounce between that and Ganon, getting some quick hits in on this phase. Um, so, you know, red cane, uh, red cape is also helpful to have i guess you could also use your blue cane it's going to lag the place like crazy but it's another way to protect yourself and get some slashes in if you're worried about your health um that's i think that's about everything i can think of to say on phase two it is tough um you really don't want to take damage even though there's a million things flying at you uh but once you get to phase three you'll get kind of another breather because phase three is a really easy one too yeah i mean phase three is real easy once you get there it's it's basically uh, Ganon's gonna hop up and down real mad, and you just he'll teleport the, around the room. You'll wait for him to actually show up somewhere, and you just have to smack him once. Uh, it doesn't even matter what damage class you are, and then he'll go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one. Um, as he does this, the floor is gonna fall. The only thing really that I would say to pay attention on this one is you want to hit him fast, because if he is able to jump and you know actually hit the ground. He'll make a fire bat spawn, and that'll cause all kinds of problems for you. But usually I don't see too much of a... You've gotten through really the tough part of the fight at this mm -hmm. point. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, phase four is pretty tough too, but we'll, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So, yeah, so that's that's three. It's uh, it's pretty quick. But then yeah. four is really where the... Uh, well, I, I guess it depends on whether you're doing Master Sword, you know, or, or you have air... Uh, silvers or not <laughs> right yeah this, so there are uh a few ways to defeat ganon in phase four depending on the uh item loadout that you have and i think it's i think we would be uh doing a disservice if we didn't you know talk a little bit about each each method um so real quick to wrap up uh phase three um after ganon teleports for the fourth time as long as you're hitting him every time when he appears um he won't even have a chance to attack you're just progressing the fight along hoping that you don't get a ton of ganon teleports 
Um, this is seated, these teleports, so if you're racing, you can at least know that um, your opponent's getting just as many teleports, so that's that's good. Um, uh, once you finish this, he's going to give you a little hint. If you didn't find the silver arrows and you feel like you absolutely need them, he's going to ask, did you find my silver arrows in blank? And he'll give you the location, the dungeon or dark world or light world. He'll, he'll tell you that much. Hopefully you found them and you can say yes and then continue. If you didn't and you're like, you know, up against a, a wall and just like so frustrated, can't beat him and, and you're just determined... If you have to go get those silvers, then, like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But hopefully this should be old news to you when he tells you. Hopefully you don't need to go, like, grab those or anything. But Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah. Cool. All right, so now we're on phase four. Let's let's assume you have, you're completely decked out. This is, this is easy mode. It could be pretty easy. So the mm-hmm. first thing that you need to try to work on is getting your torch glitch. Uh, now, Herf, what the heck is a torch glitch? So what's going to happen is that after you get the little hint about the silvers from Ganon, he'll uh, start teleporting around and the lights in the room will go out. And what that means is there's two torches at the bottom of this room, one to the left and one to the right. And they'll go out uh, kind of not in sync, I guess. Uh, I think first the left one will go out and then the right one will go out. And the idea here is that... The right one and then the... Or no, yeah, the left one and then the right one. Sorry, right? Right. It's, right. it's left and then right. Yeah, yes, okay, good. Correct. I, I wasn't one hundred percent sure, but I yes, okay, so, sorry, you were right. You were right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the idea in the in the fourth phase here is that you can only hit or damage Ganon when both torches are lit, and he'll be like blinded for a second by that uh, by the light. And what you can do, or if you manage to do it, the torch glitch that you just mentioned is. If you light the left torch again before the right one goes out, the right one will just never go out. It'll yeah. it'll think it'll think it did everything correctly, and the game will just glitch out, and you'll only ever have to worry about that one torch. Yeah, and this is so huge. This this is so worth learning. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not too bad. The first step is going to be standing far enough away to the to where you can draw Ganon's bat fire that it's going to send for you out of the way because if you don't and you just make a beeline to the torch and try to get ready to do torch glitch there's a really good chance this bat can hit you and you'll fall down these fresh new pits that ganon's just made and here's some bad news friend if you fall down that pit you have to start the match completely over it's just like moldorm you'll fall down into a little area uh, that's like a waiting area you'll walk out of the pyramid and be back in the dark world you have to go back up to the top of the pyramid and fall back in and start the fight from the beginning. Um, so no matter what you do from here on out, please, please be careful. Don't fall down that pit. Um, and yeah. that that includes at this point when you go up to do your torch glitch, you need to draw this fire out so that it doesn't knock you into the pit. So that's the first part. Then you go up to the torch. Um, and like her was saying, this one goes out before the other one. As soon as this one goes out, you need to light it. Uh, as long as you light it before the other one goes out, this will be the only one that ever goes out. Otherwise, they will both go out, and the only time you can hit Ganon is when both of these torches are lit. So if you have to go light both of them every time before you can attack Ganon, your magic is going to be depleted like crazy. Not to mention how long it's going to take you to do that every time. You'll mm-hmm. only get like one or two hits on Ganon each time. Two if you're lucky, probably one each time. Whereas if yeah. you do torch glitch, you're pretty comfortably going to be able to hit him twice. Um, yeah, yeah. So please learn that torch glitch. It's it's crazy how much value that adds. 
It really helps. As you said, uh, I think the magic is usually not the problem. I mean, it can be, obviously, but usually it's not so much the problem, but just the time save that you have from not having to worry about syncing up both of your torches. And then sometimes you light one of them and then a fireback comes flying through and it takes you a while to light the other one. And then by the time you light it, the first one goes out again and it's it's just a nightmare. Oh, God. Yeah, it is It is the worst. It's, it's almost impossible to do without half magic or any magic uh, refills. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very tough. Um, by the way, if you're noticing you haven't heard Axe in a little while, um, unfortunately, he had to duck out. But we're so close to the end of this this uh, episode. We're just going to finish it out. Yeah, um, we will. We will kill Ganon. We will avenge Axial. Um, <laughs> we, we lost one along the way, but we will avenge him. So yeah, we're so close. Yeah. So all right, phase four. So uh, in general, the whole time you just uh, this is a given. You have to keep those torches lit. So when that left one goes out, you just have to go down. Either hit it with your fire rod if you're not worried about your magic. Um, obviously that's faster cause you're across the room. Uh, if mm-hmm. you are worried, you probably want to go down there and use the lamp. Um, you'll get a lot more attempts if you use your lamp than if you use your fire rod. Um, but, uh, what you're doing is you're lighting the fire that will cause Ganon to sort of recoil. Um, kind of not unlike a vampire, like from the light. Um, it is now vulnerable to be hit. So, uh, if you have your silver arrows, you just want to hit it one time with your sword, which will turn it blue, like frozen kind of. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is your chance to hit it with the silver arrows Uh, four silver arrow hits total and you beat the game you kill Ganon Um, so if if you have your silver arrows obviously this is this is the goal this is what you're doing pretty simple Um, there are uh, occasions if you are attacking from the side with your arrow if you shoot take a quick step forward and take another shot you can actually get a double in on Ganon and hit it with two silver arrows at a time Again, that only works if you're hitting from the side, but if you're able to pull that off, definitely do it. That's It's way faster than only getting one each time. So uh, the the thing that determines if you can get a double or even a triple sometimes or not is uh, after you shoot an arrow and hit Ganon, he like flies back a little bit from the impact of the arrow. And as long as he hasn't hit an edge, like either the top or the bottom or the left or the right of the arena or a torch, so as long as he hasn't hit a wall that stops that recoil, you can get another arrow in him. Can you do that from the bottom and top too? I believe so, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I, I was mistaken. I thought it was a side thing. Um, yeah, I think I think it works from all sides. It just matters if he hits the top or the bottom like edge of the arena but i think he because it's like the way the rooms are shaped in alttpr you're much more likely to get a double in from the sides than you are shooting him up or down that makes sense okay cool thank you for that that correction um cool so so that's what you're trying to do it's you know if you have to do four that's fine if you can do it in less that's obviously even better Um, Now let's start working our way down in terms of equipment. Let's say we have a really nice sword, uh, but we don't have our silvers. You can still beat Ganon, but Herf, how are we going to do it? All right, so Silverless Ganon, as it's called, uh, is when you have anything that's better than a Master Sword, so Tempered Sword or Butter Sword. Uh, Ideally, you obviously want to have the strongest sword possible, so... You know, if you have the butter sword, it's going to be a, a little bit nicer, but uh, it's it's still fine if you have the tempered sword and you do not have the silver arrows. Um, it the the general start of the whole phase uh, still applies, I would say. 
you still need to have both torches lit and Ganon needs to be vulnerable. But the thing is, if you just slash at him and freeze him, you have nothing that can hurt him. Your normal arrows will just plink off him, your sword won't do anything. You'll just freeze him in place and nothing will happen. Huge waste of time, really. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's a massive waste of time. And your yeah. torches will probably go out by the time he unfreezes and stuff. It's just try not to do that. Yeah. But what you sure. have to do instead is, um, t again, and teleports around, like usually up and down, I would say. And once he uh, finishes teleporting and appears somewhere, he'll aim at you and shoot a fire bat at you that leaves a fire trail. And after that, he'll stay uh, stand still for a second, and then he'll teleport away again and do that whole thing again. And what you need to do to actually get a silverless hit in is you need to stand close to where he teleports to charge up a spin. Ideally, uh, the spin is you so you you know you make sure you hit the I think it's three frames where he's vulnerable, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a ridiculously small amount that you can technically hit with a slash, but a spin just makes sure that you get it for sure, basically. Yeah, so, it takes the guesswork out of it. As, as long mm -hmm. as you activate the spin, as long as the spin is activated during those three frames, which is a much larger window than just trying to hit the three frames, then mm -hmm. you're, you're solid. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So what you want to do is you want to stand basically next to him and bait out his uh, fire bat shot and move out of the way so the fire bat misses you and then you want to release your spin and hit him before he teleports away again and you'll see if you were successful if you don't freeze him in place but you see him blinking like he takes like he's taking damage i think you also hear him like you grunting. yeah you'll hear the wall that like yeah. uh, boss attack mm -hmm. you know sound yeah so that's what you have to do with uh, when you do silverless and uh, i believe it's 16 no how many spins is it with tempered uh, sword Eight? with tempered uh 12 i think 12 12 yeah it might, yeah i think it's 12 that yeah i believe it's 12 and uh if you have master sword so if you slash with a master sword you you can't even damage ganon you have to do the spin slash so mm -hmm. um master sword spin slashes if you are unfortunately here and that's all you have and no silver arrows you're gonna have to do this 24 times uh, and again, you know, like we said, you're always lighting the torch too. So you need to think about how much magic that's going to take. I think that's a common mistake people people don't think about. You know, they know how to do it. They know how mm -hmm. to accomplish it. But they don't take into account how much magic that's going to take. Especially if you have no torch and only fire rod. Yeah, um, especially with the fire rod only. It's, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, so be sure to account for your magic. Uh, you know, sm smart money uh, usually comes in here and, and has, um, you know, some sort of magic backup at the very least. You know, hopefully you found that along the way, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that that can include like when you're like 30 minutes into the seed. If you happen to be by the witch's hut and you have an empty bottle, go in there and if you can afford it, get a blue potion. You might not even need it, but you will have it at this point just in case you run into a situation like that. Um that's smart to me. So thinking far enough ahead and, and being proactive about these things and doing them when it's fastest instead of when you need them, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, the last thing really I'll say is after you kill Ganon and it explodes, you, you've technically beat the game. Uh, you you want to inch your way up to the north of this room because a door is going to appear at the very top. And as soon as you go through there is time in most races. Uh, mm -hmm. And the closer you are to that door when it appears, the less you know time you're gonna have to spend walking to the pit. 
Herf, you probably know what I'm about to say next. Do you? Do you, you know <laughs> I what can happened? Already guess, yeah. It didn't happen to me, but uh, there was one race I was watching where somebody took this advice a little too close to heart, and they inched closer and closer and closer to the north of the room. And while Ganon was dying, fell down this pit. Uh, and in case you were wondering what happens when that happens, uh, Ganon is restored, and you have to do the whole fight over again, even mm-hmm. though you just killed him. Yep, uh, it's, so yeah. it's no good. Yeah, so don't don't do that. Don't fall down this pit. Uh, but I do also, inch. Yeah, as close as you yeah, can. Do inch closer, but don't inch too close. Uh, yes. I really want to warn because if you're too close to the edge, even if you're not falling off. What could happen is that the bridge to the door that opens doesn't spawn. And uh, then you are kind of, you know, forced to redo the Ganon fight. And that's no fun either. Could you hover across? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I've I've never tried. The thing is, I don't think there's, like, the door isn't the platform for you to stand on. It's, like, Uh the thing that you walk through. So I don't think just reaching it is enough. You need to, like, walk against it like a door transition. Oh, wow. So even if you could hover over there, you probably couldn't get in. I think. Oh man. So yeah, don't don't try to be a hero. Just you know, get up there, get like maybe a block from the you know from that pit. Um, let get yeah, get, get like on the last tile. Yeah. that's still safe, but don't like try to stand. Try not to have a foot dangle down the pit or something. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you you should have done a better job cutting time way before this. This is, this yeah. is not your chance to cut time. That's exactly. Just, yeah. Uh, but that door will open. You're going to walk through it. As soon as the screen fades to black, that's time. And GG, my friend, you have just defeated Rando. Oh, we finally did it, man. After, I don't even know, 18 episodes. I guess not all of them count because we didn't do dungeons in all of them, but right. still. Yeah. No, it's it's been a, a quite a journey, and uh, all I can say is I'm I'm really excited to get a little more free form with our uh, topics and discussions going forward. So that'll mm-hmm. be cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really excited too. I'm I'm really curious where where we're going and what what's going to happen in the next few episodes. All right, well let's wrap this thing up. Um, I don't want to do too much without Dear Axe here, um, but I did want to mention it, it's actually a shame that he's gone because we did get one uh, fetch question email. Um, this is from Zeitnix uh, sending us another email. Uh, thank you very much, Zeitnix. Or actually, I guess this is technically Zeitnix's first email. I think initially they reached out on the Go Mode contact form, um, or maybe yeah, it was okay. Twitter. It might have been Twitter. Uh, oh no, they left us a review. That's what it was. Oh um, right, 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 right. So. Um, Zeitnix writes in, and it was a pretty long email, which, um, by the way, anyone who wants to send us any length of email, you know, Zeitnix a few times apologizes, like, I'm so sorry to send you this super long email. You don't need to apologize at all. We're, we're happy to read it. Um, we, we love that we get emails at all. So um, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it is long, but uh, essentially just saying um, they are absolutely in favor of us doing some sort of uh, go mode podcast tournament. Um, and this is why I wish Axe was here, because uh, <laughs> just to give you guys a little peek behind the curtain, we've, we've talked about this quite a bit. Um, Herf is already a tournament admin for the largest randomizer tournament, um, and definitely can't blame him for wanting to take a little bit of time off in between those tournaments. And mm-hmm. I am getting married in exactly uh, two weeks from, from today uh, and going on a extended honeymoon. Um, so I'm, it's going to be difficult for me to have any sort of involvement, in any kind of tournament. 
Axe, however, has volunteered himself to run something. Uh, so we will further coordinate with Axial um, and try to see if we can, uh, you know, get him to kind of solidify that. Herf and I will help however we can in, in probably smaller ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will work more with, with Axial and uh, see what he has in mind and hopefully maybe get something together. Um, one thing that uh, Zeitnix did bring up that I thought was interesting, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of different formats for a hypothetical tournament we might have. One of the things that they said um, for us to consider is, you know, um, I'll just read a little uh, transcript here. If the fall tournament is the Super Bowl slash World Cup of the randomizer community, then maybe the Go Mode podcast tournament could be like the 3v3 basketball tournament held at the local park by the city parks and rec department. Um, you know, so so essentially just kind of uh, suggesting that, you know, we don't need to necessarily do something real quirky or crazy. I think a lot of people who listen to Go Mode are... Um, newer players, maybe kind of beginners, more casual fans, and might be cool to have an opportunity for you know to put on a smaller tournament for people who are less experienced. I'm not sure how be, we would do it, but I feel, yeah, I, I'd like it to be. Even though I'm probably not going to be super involved, so I feel like I shouldn't have much of a say in everything. But <laughs> yeah. I feel like it it should be a, a kind of an an easy and comfy feeling, yeah. snuggly introduction to. How to race on SRL, how to correctly stream yourself, how to set up everything so it works. So, you know, the first hurdles of racing and competing with other people are can be kind of overcome in a friendly setting of people that are kind of like-minded, I guess. Hmm, I agree. I You know, that was, for me, kind of the, you know, when we first started this podcast, we were talking about our Something Awful community tournament. That's what mm-hmm. that was for me. It was very small, relaxed, insular kind of community uh, very low-key tournaments. We had a nice little following, uh, you know, people watching each other. And, you know, we talked a, a, quite a bit about that when it was going on and how cool that was to have. And I'd love to be able to provide something like that for for uh, fans of the show. So mm-hmm. we will, uh, you know, like I said, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that behind the scenes and see what see what we maybe can't get together. We'll, we'll keep you posted and uh, you'll probably get the information the quickest if you just join up on our Discord and we'll have everything that we can get out to you there the quickest i would assume i agree yeah discord's going to be the easiest way that being said um we'd love to hear your thoughts uh if you have an opinion on a go mode tournament if you think you know you could see yourself participating if it were this or if it were that you know write in and uh share your thoughts um you can email us uh, email at gomodepodcast.com like herf said uh joining our discord is also a great way to get in touch with us very quickly and easily we have a link to join our Discord in the description. Um, and we're also on Twitter. If you want to tweet at us, um, at GoModePodcast is our handle. Um, uh, now, one thing I did want to mention is we haven't asked in a little while. We've been sitting at 14 iTunes reviews for uh, a good little while. So if you have not yet rated us on iTunes, um, keep in mind, you don't necessarily have to write a review and write a bunch of, you know, uh, flowery words about why you love or hate this podcast you can simply rate five and, and move on if if you enjoy the show and uh we certainly would appreciate you uh dropping in and doing that um if, if yeah. you've been if you've been enjoying it so uh, and thank you to all of those those of you who have uh rated the show we really appreciate that um, yeah, thanks a lot yeah uh herfy durfy how can people watch you play randomizer well, they can find me at twitch.tv slash herfydurfy if I should ever be streaming again. I'm uh, currently trying to be better about it again. Unfortunately, work is kind of 
putting the kibosh on that for me for the moment but uh it'll it'll get better and uh yeah maybe maybe such a rando you know gomo podcast tournament could get me to to play a little again maybe i'll participate in that. Ooh, participation uh-huh. i hadn't even thought yeah. about that oh man you know, love don't it. have to be don't have to be an admin. Can just be a player and complain about the incompetent admin for a change. That'd be a, a fun. Uh, that'd be fun for you, I'm sure, in your current uh-huh. position to be on the other side of it. That's awesome. Yep. Well, uh, and Axial, of course, like we mentioned, he had to run, uh, but you can find him on twitch.tv slash sa underscore Axial a x e i l. Um, check him out, and I'm also on Twitch uh, twitch.tv slash temp underscore. Um, so give us a follow. Come come check us out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Am I forgetting anything? Oh, I think we've got everything. We mentioned our Discord, which is really the quickest and easiest way to reach all three of us. Uh, that's where we're most immediately going to respond to any questions or anything that you might have. Mm-hmm. Mm, other than that, email us. Follow us on Twitter. Leave us that iTunes review. Even if you just click those five stars, that's going to help us immensely. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cool. Okay, well, on behalf of uh, Axial and Herf and myself, thank you all so much for joining us on this journey through the dungeons. We're excited for the episodes to come, and uh, now with the game finally beat, GG, and let's go ahead and mirror out. Mirror out.